Start to that hoe today, huh? Y'all know what it is. Not relationship goals. This is episode... 29. 29. We got another, we got another special guest in the building, man. We got my guy Chicks in here, man. And we gonna get into some shit today. No, no. we. This gonna be a good... Yeah, this is gonna be a good conversation. I don't think we gonna get into no bullshit today. We might, we'll might, 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 but now we gonna we gonna talk about some real stuff today that's important for just for everybody that's coming from where we come from and just in life in general. Um, but y'all know who I am. I'm chilling, Dylan. We always got Kay in the building. She's hey. still here. She ain't quit on me yet. So we still good on that end. But, if uh, I put on you a little bit of the podcast, <laughs> we're going to be uh, fighting this shit. <laughs> I don't know. And how is that like Like being in business like with somebody you married with? Like, Can uh-huh. you imagine like getting like really like to like Beyonce and Jay-Z level, but like my manager got to call your manager or something? I'll have my people speak to your people while we're laying in bed. Like, we can't just talk to each other about it? Nah, nigga. You got to make contact with my lawyer. That's crazy. All right, well, let's get into it, man. <laughs> if we go on on tour, I need to know how much money I'm making versus how much you're making, okay? It's a business. You said it. Didn't he just say it? He said it's a business. <laughs> it is. It is. It's I not mean. personal. But marriage is a business, though, right? No. It is. It's all a contract. But whatever, we, 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 we might get to that. Shit, everything is a contract. <laughs> For real. You gotta sign a contract to get a license. <laughs> For real, everything is a contract. To get a passport. Read about it, everything you fucking do. Okay? Even a receipt, when you purchase anything, that's a contract. That's so crazy. Huh. Sign your life Everything away. is paperwork. Didn't even know. All right. He said, oh. <laughs> I ain't married, so I just gotta listen on that. <laughs> <laughs> no, I wouldn't. I think that's the only thing that... um. Changes because you signed the paper. Well, for us. Yeah. But let's get into it for real, for real. All right, so I did say I was going to have a recurring question as a... Um, first off, how you feeling today? Good. Good. Yeah, no, we all had... Um, I'm not even going to say long nights because it was a day party. Mm-hmm. Uh, we all went to the L.A. function. If y'all don't know, that's a... And it uh, was cracking. 
a cracking ass party that happens ever so often that uh butter and a lot of other people put together in it's just a real function man it's not like one of those places where you gotta buy a bottle to get in if you're a dude and, and all that it was actually ten dollars yeah. like when the last time you've been to a party that cost ten dollars never remember when we said drace after um Oh, after the wedding, yeah. They said a hundred dollars for men, seventy-five for women. I said, okay, that's a skip. I just stay right here and listen to the music. We'll party right here at the entrance. But, um, but yeah, the LA function. I know. Me personally, I was actually good last night. I didn't get drunk, which I'm proud of myself. Hey. Um, Only because I was harassed all week. (laughs) <laughs> about how I need to make sure I don't get drunk because we need to record the next day. And, here I am, uh, <laughs> and guess who by. got drunk? Guess who got drunk last night? <laughs> <Slip through it>. <laughs> <laughs> These two, y'all was drunk. I was good. Right. Um, but now it's fun. So hey, y'all, y'all good? Y'all not hungover? Yeah, no, nah, we be so, straight. Right. No, I am hungover. <laughs> I just said I was hanging on. <laughs> <laughs> when this is over, I'll be ready to lay down again. <laughs> No, we want to eat, right? Are we eating? Yeah. Sunday dinner. Okay, all right. So let me get into it for real, y'all. Okay, so I said this was going to be a recurring question, so I'll do this one again. Um, So what impact do you feel Nipsey's life, not his death, but his life had on you? Mm. I love that question. And to start with that one, too. Um, I mean, I think it's really about his authenticity. You Mm -hmm. know, so it's like a lot of times when you have artists and they make it to that level of accomplishment Mm -hmm. sometimes they change up a little bit you know but i think his ability to be able to live within his narrative you know very authentically Mm -hmm. and continue to be that from start to finish was really important i think also as a community leader or someone aspiring to be a community leader at at the highest level possible you kind of have that struggle sometimes i think where you have to you start to consider Mm. that you have to shed parts of yourself Mm -hmm. you know but i think he really represented his story, you know, and everything that helped get him to that point yes. in time, you know, through and through. And I think, you know, that's what really shared or created, I think, even a feeling that, you know, it's like somebody you know, you yeah. know because he's mm-hmm. not just being commercial. He never really, he never was commercial. You yeah. know what I mean? And so I think when you look at it that way, that's very aspirational for myself. And it, it gave a great blueprint on what it means to continue to be yourself, no matter how much limelight you might have. Okay. That's amazing. Yeah. That, I think um, that separates good artists from great artists and if we're just speaking strictly about music like what you said is that it was somebody you know like you just from the way the music he put out and like maybe some of the interviews you may have seen you felt like you knew this person Mm -hmm. and i think like people who who can do that are like that i think that's what separates a good artist from a great artist is when you can bring someone into your world actually bringing them all the way in you know and it's like we feel like we have a connection to these people you know, and there's very few people that I think have that quality and have that um, that thing about them that you can have pe- have that impact on people. Mm-hmm. So I, yeah, I do I do agree with that. I think it speaks to what you were saying earlier about the wholeness. Mm-hmm. Like it, it seems like he was just himself in every setting that he was in. It wasn't like you said I didn't have to shed this. I don't have to pretend to be this. I mean, maybe you may dress up your language a little bit, mm-hmm. but. It, the fact that you can be yourself, this, your natural self in this setting and then that thing professionally and personally, yeah. that's amazing. And that is, ooh, so that's admirable. And like you said, that is inspirational. I like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's, that's, a, that's a goal. I mean, we were just talking about that off air. Um, like just 
I mean, for me, that's one of my ultimate goals to get to in life is where I can be myself fully in mm-hmm. every um, in every aspect of my life, like mm-hmm. whether I'm at work. Um, but my goal is to not be working for anybody. So eventually that's going to change. But while I am working for someone, I want to be able to be authentically who I am outside of work as, a, as opposed to at work as well. And And I think a lot of people don't understand that that balance is difficult. Like it's a line you have to teeter when you work in like corporate America and and being black. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah, you could be, you could say some things and but some things you just ha- you can't say. Yeah. You know what I mean? And that that's a difficult thing to go through. Um, but you know, it, it comes with the territory. You just gotta do what you gotta do. But getting to where you can be yourself fully I think for me, that's one of my ultimate goals to get to, for sure. Yeah, I think one of the dope things about him, too, when you watch some of the interviews, you could tell he's well thought. You know what yeah. I mean? He's not just saying yeah. the first thing that comes to mind. He'll pause for a moment. You can kind of see his eyes move around as though he's trying to recollect some of his own experiences. And I think that's kind of what I believe kind of helps with some of that authenticity. You know, he's not speaking about what he's going to do a lot or what he, he wants to be able to do as kind of selling these dreams. He's talking about his past and he's talking about his present. And I think it mm-hmm. just it strengthens his word and that's what makes it come off so genuine, man. Like, I, I loved learning from his example. Yeah, right. yeah, that was dope. All right. Well, oh, let's get into it. Oh, okay. Nope. Oh, I thought you said Come on now. Don't try to run my icebreakers. <laughs> You guys are witnessing the termination of a contract. Rest in peace, John Singleton. Oh yeah, RIP, um, RIP, John Singleton. We have man. lost another legend at the tender young age of fifty-one. Um, Jesus, um, was it from uh, heart heart issues? Was that no? Uh, he had a stroke. Right? Or a stroke. He had a stroke and he went into a coma, but I don't, I don't think they had the autopsy uh, yet. These are um, just, I really want to highlight this for people in general, but especially for my black community. We really got to get ourselves on track um, and not speaking on him. I'm just saying um, with um, a lot of the diseases that we have that were thought to be hereditary, we learned that a lot of that comes from the way that we live and eat. So let's make a lot of lifestyle changes. Honestly, um, we're going at a very young age and we got to take care of ourselves, take care of our body. And also we need to make it a point to make sure that we have each other. When we went to that Mendo Steel show, that was amazing. Like she did this thing where she was like, look to the person to the left of you and to the right of you, shake their hand and introduce them. We are all looking out for each other. These are all of the exits. If something happens, we don't run and trample. We're going to help each other. We are all responsible for each other. It is our job to make sure that the next person is okay still. It can't be this, it's all about me, I, I, I shit anymore. You know what I'm saying? We have to take some sort of accountability for each other. Hey, I don't care if you don't like If I'm telling you, you shouldn't be eating that shit. I'm not going to force it on you, but I'm going to say it to you. Because it's important to me that you're around. Nah, don't try to make me give up my mac and cheese, nigga. <laughs> I'm not giving up my mac and cheese. But right. well, in moderation. In moderation. No, nah, no, nah, it is. It's in moderation. So, um, in honor of John Singleton. That's real. Let's talk about uh, your favorite John Singleton movie. I'll let everybody go. Go ahead, go ahead. I mean, I think the easiest one is Boys Wasn't and Men. Yeah. You know, so I, I think even beyond that, it's the, it's the first time I got to see you know, black culture conveyed, you know, on the big screen like that. And I was a kid, you know, mm. so that being something that, you know, finally spoke to the areas that I kind of grew up in and having images on te- on TV, 
you know, that represent that was a good moment mm-hmm. and, and represented it well, you know what I mean? And it's like, even as a kid, you, know, you got to process some of that stuff. And I mm-hmm. think about people that don't come from communities of color mm-hmm. and, and they believe now that's what it's like to live in certain parts of LA. But the truth of the matter is it was like that at that yeah. time, you know, and I think he just depicted that real well. I mean, it was just a dope movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I'll never forget. It's sad, but I'll never forget the scene with Ricky running down the alley. Man. Pulling up on, and it made me start to look at alleys way differently. <laughs> like, Stay out that alley. I'm not, I'm not going down that alley. You know? like, it, it, it's no left or right at that point. Somebody brought that scene up recently. Oh, I said because we had the best. Uh, no, we were talking about it. I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, Ricky or was I forgot the other one. Yeah, yeah, but, but we were talking about it. He going to say. He <laughs> That is the mama or the baby mama for whoever sitting about to get the fish. <laughs> they should have used whatever was in the household. He wouldn't yeah. even been out there. Ooh, nice. Nah, he was supposed to be a track star. He was supposed to get away from them. But um, for me, you want to go? You got one already, Kay? Yeah, I already know what I got. Well, I was going to say Boys in Hood too, but since you already said I'm going to go with... Um, Poetic Justice? No, Higher Damn. Learning. Damn. What, you was going with Higher Learning? Like higher nah, learning. that's a solid one. I now, Higher Learning was just one of those movies that... I think for me, I never was really like big on um, on like uh, college and all that stuff. But like seeing um, like seeing like black people in that aspect, it was like damn, like college looked lit. But then you had the other factors into it, which was something that you experienced too in life. Is like with the racism and all that stuff. Not maybe not to that extent because a lot of times you weren't. You might not have been put in those situations like growing up in the inner city, but just seeing that aspect, and um, of course they have finance tire banks in the movie, that definitely helped. But um, that was definitely that was a real written, um, well put together movie. Um, we were talking about. I was actually I was at the barbershop talking about movies because um, I did like a video on Instagram where I was mad about what was the movie that just came out The Intruder or something mm-hmm. and I was oh, like man I was movies. like and Kay always be like man we gotta support all the black movies I'm like Kay I'm not watching that shit like they all the same like to me all the movies are the same it's the same premise it might be different actors or different actresses mm-hmm. same premise same everything but I was like but then you know like some of the guys were like well every movie is the same and I was like yeah when you think about it but what, co- what, what changes it is the writing. I was going to say, is that why we like Jordan Peele? Because he's bringing some really refreshing things to us? It's not really new. It's just, it's well written. Like, it's, I feel like some of these writers are lazy. They go in like, oh, we're going to do this. This is the premise of the movie. And then they just go in and put some stuff on the paper. It's like, it's too obvious. Like, come come with a little bit. Because we watched, um, I don't know if you ever seen Dinner Thieves. I have, yeah. So, Den of Thieves, to me, was just a black version of Unusual Suspects. Yeah. It's the same movie, but it was well-written. So, it wasn't yeah. like, I wasn't mad at Den of Thieves because it was a really good movie. Yeah, but I think I think with Jordan Peele, though, even though some of the movies might be the same, he's, he's, he's depicting different. it differently. Yeah, 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 definitely. I, I think when you have a predominantly black cast like that, now it changes your relationship with the film. You know, yeah, yeah. We're used to assuming a horror film, the black person gonna die first. You know what I'm saying? Whereas mm-hmm. when you have an all black cast, they all survive. <laughs> yeah. Everyone's dying. Everyone's in two minutes. Yeah. All dying on the opening. No, no, he's definitely changing the game, and that's why I said like I I agree. Like the writing changes everything yeah. because it's it's only so many stories you can tell. Everybody's told a story. So true. It's how can you make yeah, it better yeah. or how can you depict it where you have people thinking differently mm-hmm. about what you're putting on, on film. But um, but yeah, that's just a little so rabbit So I'm going to go with my 
my um, honorary film would be Poetic Justice because okay. I just love that movie. I really do. But my, um, I'm going to run with Rosewood. Okay. It, Rosewood. Historically, it, it's a lot. It means a lot. It's based on a true story. Mm, yeah, um, yeah, so yeah, if you haven't seen movie. Rosewood, you check that out, okay? It's important that we know yeah, about these things. Yeah, that was it just, it, to me, it just resonates because it's so real. Um, but yeah. Yep, that was a good one. He had a lot of good ones. I didn't even realize like he did Black Snake Moan, and we was just mm. talking about that movie too. <laughs> First off, because it wasn't realistic. This black man chained this white woman up. He would have been you never dead. Seen black yeah, Moan. Bro, it's a crazy movie. You never seen this with uh, <laughs> what's that girl's name? Um, the girl who played Wednesday on the Adam oh, Family. Adam, I don't know her name. Oh, no. Christina something. Now that I'm Christina looking at Ritchie. I didn't Christina know he Ritchie. did all these movies, and, um, though. Samuel L. Jackson. Wait, so the wait, girl, wait. Christina Ritchie was Wednesday? Yes, in the movie. Remember? <laughs> y'all remember that? How y'all forget? <laughs> <laughs> but let me tell you, the, the girl, she um, she was a sex addict. So she was just sexing like crazy. And I think like her boyfriend was in the army about to come back. And so... Samuel L. Jackson realized she had this affliction and he was trying to help break her. So he started his own personal rehab program in his home. He <laughs> chained her up. He chained her to the radiator, okay? No, he chained her like a and real chain. And was trying to, what was he trying to, I don't know what he thought he was going to do, just help get the sex out of her. I don't yeah. know. Um, no, but this said, is not realistic. He chained up his white woman. <laughs> he could have never let her know. For real, in real life, she had to be there forever if he didn't want to go to jail. <laughs> <laughs> she, uh, nah, she definitely was still going to want it after she got off that chain. That's what happened. But now, R.I.P. R.I.P. John Singleton, man. Another great loss, man. Too soon. Um, what else you got? I feel like maybe there had to be a greater meaning to Black Snake Moan that I missed. I'm just still thinking watch about it. it. I'm yeah. floored by how crazy that movie was. You got to watch it again. Yeah, I'm going to watch it again. All right, so, yeah, that's it. That's all I got. Um, but I will throw one more at you. The game is about to come on. 76ers and the Raptors. Who you got for this series? Ooh, the Sixers. Yeah. And they're going to win. I feel like they're going to win. But I'm really it. pulling for the Raptors, it, man. Kawhi know, is my dude. Come the fuck on. At the very beginning, though, I would have called the Raptors. Raptors, me too. Uh, that last game, the last game just told me. No, when they lost game two. Almost a 30-point win. Yeah. Like, when they lost damn. game two at home. You did, can't you can't do that. You bro, did you, you see Embiid? Bro, he was like he was <laughs> you're celebrating yeah. over his five minutes before it was over. Now, if they if they win this game, the series the it's series over. is back even. Uh, it's back it, even. It's, and, it's his and, fault. It's Kyle Lowry. He doesn't where the yeah, fuck are you? Kyle Lowry being disappeared. Yeah, he never showed up in the playoffs. So, um but come on, my G Kawhi. I'm pulling for this dude. Come on. All right, well, let's get into it, man. Stack, so, Wait, one more one more question. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Girl, <laughs> if you keep doing I some real This is what happens when, when they don't tell you in pre-production all the questions they got. One more, one more, one more. <laughs> who you got um, Who you got for the... Um, damn it. That's a good... Warriors Houston? <laughs> Come on. Yeah, well, we already know person. that. No, we already know that one. You talking about uh, Boston yeah. and, um, and Bucks? No, or uh, Nuggets in Portland. Yeah, Nuggets in Portland. That's what I want. I want Portland. Quadruple win. OT. You want Portland want to win? Portland. Me too. Yeah, I, I wanna, come I on. I want to see Dame go. I want to see my boy yeah. Lilo. Come on, Dame Lillard. Give it to yeah. him. Not even give it to him. He earned that. I mean, they working so hard. Anybody, any team, both both sides went so hard. Quadruple overtime means nobody wants to lose. It's oh, not no, even who nice. wants it more. It's like who's going to give it everything. Because yeah. you had you spent at the end of that game. Yeah. You have nothing left. So nothing. Yeah. So you going for Portland? Who you going for, Dylan? Portland, of course. Yeah, I'm going for Portland. Come on, man. Lillard, my guy, man. I'm hoping I got got faith. I'm a Lakers at heart, of course. 
Lake show all day, but I got players that I like in the league. Lillard is one of my favorite players. Definitely. I'm not going to lie, real shit. Him. I really want Portland to take the whole thing. I'm not trying to see the same old. I ain't going to lie. I, I kind of want him to lose just so maybe he can come to the Lakers. It's not going to happen, but that's <laughs> what I want to see. I just want Portland but to go I would away, love man. to see Lillard come on, in take the Lakers West. jersey. Come on. Oh my God, that would be amazing. Take the West. All right, well, let's get into it, man. We're going to uh, talk about... How you got to where you are, um, where you trying to take it to and everything. So, um, if you can just maybe let the people know. Yeah. Well, well, right now, you're a community organizer. Yeah. Um, so, you you know, you put on different events uh, for the community, things like that. But prior to that, what were you doing and leading up to getting there? And then, you know, what do you want to do um, to take it to the next level? Yeah, I think a lot of it started really just with my education, man. So I went to school in the Bay. I went to Berkeley. And oh, okay. I think, That's what's up. I think being in Berkeley, you see people, you know, they have a voice. They stand mm-hmm. They stand up for themselves no matter what that perspective might be. Uh, you have a lot Probably of activists black. in that environment of all cultures. I you know, so you have a strong black community on campus. Um, it's You know, you're obviously your right position near Oakland and Richmond, so we're very familiar in terms of what the landscape of those yeah. things are like as well. I think that really kind of started to plant a seed within me to find out, you know, what my passions were, what things that I wanted to be more purposeful and intentional about. And so when I graduated, I moved back to SoCal. And uh, I mean, it was an 09 and the economy was was fucked then. You know what I'm saying? So it was like there weren't a lot of nonprofit like organizations hiring like that or funding was being cut mm-hmm. from a lot of different programs. My first job was at Enterprise Rent a Car. So I, I worked well, there. Well, uh, sorry. Um, yeah, what did you uh, what, what did you study in school? I studied business and African American studies. Oh, okay, okay. So I think that had a lot to do as well, just learning about the African diaspora. That's I'm glad you asked mm-hmm. that because I was just sharing with somebody recently. You know, through middle school, high school, you don't learn about Black culture like no. that. No, you know, and African American no. studies is really looked at as a joke of a major. You know what I'm saying? And it takes. 30 years before something officially becomes history. And so I think it, with it being such a new study for us as a as a culture, as a world, you know, when you think about us holistically. And so it's, that's great. It takes 30 years for something to become 30 history. years before something becomes history. You know what I'm saying? So it's like even when we look back at some of the experiences that we've had, you know, with the civil rights movement, a lot of those things, the way they're being portrayed now or mm-hmm. different books that are coming out, it's because now it has more credibility. Oh, it's, okay, it's, okay. it's aged, essentially. Um, so I think that definitely helped lay a foundation with a bigger understanding that I'm not just black in America or black in L.A. Like, there's a whole host of us out there. Mm-hmm. Um, and travel has definitely helped reinforce that, too. Um, but I was kind of saying I started at Enterprise Rent-A-Car, and that really kind of just started hey, to roll. Hey, they snatching everybody up. Everybody. Enterprise got it. They said, you come out of college, we got you. Everybody. You're going to be the manager. So when, is it, all right, so when they say you're going to be the manager, are you really yeah. managing the enterprise? Yeah, or? I mean, you learn you learn the business from from the ground up. And I think that was, that was the best thing that probably could have happened for me, as much as I hated it, because... It's no longer the theory of business that you learn in school. You're doing it. You're in a suit. You're washing cars. You're picking people up. You're renting cars. You're, you know, trying to sell addition add-ons from an insurance standpoint yeah. or sell people up. It's 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 business at the end of the day, and you do have the opportunity as a trainee to become a branch manager and things of that sort. So yeah. was that like was that humbling in the source of like coming home from college? You have your degree. You went to a, a good college, Berkeley, and then like. You're working for enterprise rental. Not to say that's a bad place to work out, but yeah. like, it I know you had different different uh, dreams of an enterprise. Maybe probably wasn't one of them. Not necessarily, man. I th- you know I, I'm I've become very spiritual at, at this point in my life, and I think that 
while I didn't have a plan per se, I think everything worked out exactly how it was supposed to. You know, so I spent nine months at Enterprise, and it was my first exposure to having that type of responsibility from a business standpoint. From there, I got recruited to Target, and I spent probably six years at Target as an executive. Oh, and that was really where Enterprise laid that foundation. It gave me a level of hustle that I didn't have previously. You know what I'm saying? So it's like if I looked at it as I worked at Enterprise, and if I looked at it as this was my income from Enterprise, I would be extremely disappointed or humbled by that or frustrated by yeah. that, per se. Um, but I took away so much, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Just in terms of understanding, like, this is how you grind. I was at work at 6 a.m. on a daily basis, mm. you know, and, and to build that type of routine and consistency created discipline within me. You know, by looking at it that way, I don't regret that experience. Yeah, all. that's big because, like you said, you did everything. Like, you washed cars, like, yeah. you were selling stuff. So, like, people think, like, owning a business you just hire people and they do everything for you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, no, you own a business, you're gonna get dirty. You're gonna get yeah. your hands dirty. Yeah. You're gonna, like, if you, like, you know, she's a chef, we gotta wash dishes. Yeah. We gotta you set up. Like, yeah, yeah, like, yeah, like, people think, oh, I just hire somebody to do that. Like, no, you're not. Yeah. <laughs> you if you can't hire them, you gotta do it. You know <laughs> yeah, what I'm you gotta do. If your income isn't there to even have an account for it. <laughs> and so. people really be like, I'm not doing that. Like, right. 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 washing dishes, they got you. Mopping floors, like it's very humbling being in the kitchen, honestly. Bro, to me, it's one of those jobs that you really have to love. Um, or because what are the perks? Uh, you're working holidays, you're working nights, you're working weekends, like you really gotta love it to do it. Yeah, passionate about it, but yeah, that I think I think that's big, like something that, like you said, helped you learn, like as far as like how to run businesses Mm -hmm. and, and everything. So, yeah, that's that's dope though. Yeah. So, I mean, that, that experience transitioned into Target, you know, mm-hmm. so I, I was there for about two and a half years. So I was 25 and I got promoted to having district responsibilities. Mm-hmm. So now I'm managing Targets, essentially, in the field. I had eight of them at first. Six months goes by. Then I had 18. Then I had oh, to wow. open up a new store in Long Beach. So I had 19 stores that I was mm-hmm. responsible for from an assets protection standpoint. Um, you know, and, and I really, I think what aided with that is... Oh, is that what you did, asset protection there? Yeah, yeah. I used to do that. How did you like that? Um, well, I didn't like that work specifically. You yeah. know, what I liked when I was at Target was that they put a lot of investment into people, you know. And so, mm-hmm. again, from a talent standpoint, it gave me opportunities to get trained on public speaking or training when it came to generational differences. Yeah. Um, they really went through a... a you know, really advanced type of training where you're now starting to think about unconscious biases and things of that sort. And I think, again, overall, just in that experience, the way that I went at it was, hey, I was, I was trying to get the money. Like, yeah, don't, yeah. don't get me wrong. Yeah, yeah. I left Enterprise because they weren't paying enough, and I went there because the economy was trash. Yeah. When I got to Target, my salary doubled immediately. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And then with two and a half years going by and being able to become a, a district leader, you know, it started to increase again mm-hmm. exponentially. So I was I was tapped in on that standpoint. Yeah, like, Ooh, it's rocking um, on. Yeah. What do you think about <laughs> asset protection? Like, I feel like a lot of that work can be more preventive than, like, if you did more on the other side, then you wouldn't have to, well, I get, yeah, you wouldn't have to go through the legal stuff in the end Absolutely. if it was more preventive. Absolutely. I, I do believe it's extremely preventative, but I think we, we have so many biases just because of the way that the world is set up when it comes to stereotypes mm. oh yeah oh my god when somebody walks in now i'm i have so many assumptions about this person mm-hmm. based off of how they mm-hmm. look that right. while we could prevent it in other ways we almost escalate the situation because now uh-huh. we're engaging with them assuming they're going to steal from it's funny because it's like, 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 like a hoodie yeah. like a big hoodie you're like thief yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I automatically, automatically 
automatically that Mark Cuban mindset comes yeah. in. Now, I, feel, I feel like I didn't realize what was happening. It just happened Friday. So I was on my way home from the barbershop. And um, I was taking some stuff back to Smart and Final. I had, like, yeah. some tubs and stuff that she had, like, for some juices she was making. But we didn't use them. So nothing was open, none of that. Got the Marvy seat. I walk into the store. I stand in line. It's mm-hmm. a long line. Another girl comes like, oh, I'm open over here, opening the line. There's a lady in front of me. She had a lot of stuff. So she's like, you go ahead and go before me. <laughs> so I come in line, and I guess she assumed I was paying, buying the stuff. I'm like, no, I'm returning. Yeah. She's like, did you check it in with the security guard? I was like, no. She was like, well, you supposed to check it in with the security guard. I'm like... Uh, well, how am I supposed to know? It doesn't say that's a return policy on the receipt. I walk right past the security guard. But now I'm like, you think I went to these shelves, picked these items off the shelf, mm-hmm. came back with a receipt, and wanted to, for $20? Yeah. Like, that's that's what I like. Do I look like that type of person? Like, now, I'm, now I'm offended. Like, <laughs> it pissed me off. I was just thinking like, bitch, go check the camera. You come back with all this shit. No, and I'm like, and... It, it don't make it better because she was black too. So I'm like, why you look, why you on me? I mean, the, the, the truth of the matter is, people do. Yeah, I know. People do. people do. You, know what I'm you, yeah, you would be surprised the stuff that you see on camera that goes down in the store. About you know, but really, what what I tried to do because I worked in Orange County. Yeah. And being in Orange County and Long Beach, different stores are gonna have a different market. One store might be predominantly Latino. One store might be predominantly white. It really wasn't many black stores in the Orange County area, but as you get into Long Beach, you're yeah. gonna have more people of color start to shop there, right? And so I used to tell the people in Orange County, like, you're watching this person because they're they're Mexican, they're tatted up, mm-hmm. but that doesn't necessarily mean that they're gonna yeah. steal, you know. And, and having to like continue to break down all the time. Don't watch people, watch merchandise. Like mm-hmm. I can't I can't walk into a store and steal from you without grabbing something. Yeah, first. exactly. Until I grab something <laughs> of value that you need to pay attention to. You have to learn to leave people alone. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And so I used to take my own background and experiences and try to break that down for a lot of my teams. I had a lot of success while I was at Target, man. So what really got me out of there, I hit a bump in the road where I wasn't getting promoted anymore. You know, yeah. so a lot of the senior leadership had changed. They weren't supporting me. And I, I wanted more still. So I took that opportunity, moved over to Ross, also still in uh, assets protection. But now my territory had grown. So mm-hmm. even though it was 19 stores still, at one point, I had 23 while I was there. I'm driving between Santa Barbara, so I'm in, like, the Ventura yeah. County area. I'm in Monrovia. I have stores in Long Beach. Again, still stores in Orange County. And now I'm starting to learn a little bit more about the East L.A. market. So, really, from a travel standpoint, I mean, I was always You're on the road. Yeah. Right? That's crazy. What's the, do y'all know, what's the, the statute of limitations? Do y'all know how many years? For what? Just anything. Like, if you can yeah, say, you can say I, was, I was lying. I lied about it. I'm like, <laughs> trying to bring it up later. No, I didn't I lie about this one. The final thing. No, I'm just saying. If no, I was going to say. I knew what you were going to say. Don't even say it. Don't even say it. I'm so curious. Like, no. <laughs> yeah, what you said, Ross. So, when I was in high school, yeah. me and my friends literally... Why like, you bring them into this? You could have just said oh, yourself. Right. See what I'm saying? When I was in yeah, high school, I, I was literally anymore. like... I could share something. And this was so damn near 20 years ago now. Well, I've been out of high school at least 15 years. Yeah. But um, we used to steal every day. Yeah. Like, I used to sell clothes in high school. I used to go yeah. steal. I, was, I guess you would call it a boosting now. I don't know. I, yeah, I didn't know what the term was. Yeah, but I used to do it in... We had this one Ross in Culver City yeah. that literally we can just walk in there and just walk out. Right. Like, we didn't have to do anything. Like, we didn't have to conceal the stuff. Right. We didn't have to hide it. We just go in, oh, I like these. All right, I'll take four of these. I'll right. take four of these and just walk out. So, one day we went in thinking that was how it was going to be. Yeah. Nope. 
I, and my greedy ass, I'm the last one leaving. I said, oh, hold on, I get extra, extra one of these. Uh-huh. Soon as I get to the door, where are you going? I'm like, what the fuck? Oh, like, and technically, you're not supposed uh-huh. to touch you. No, until no, you get, air, unless you get physical me. first. So, everybody ran, of course. So I'm the only one stuck there. I'm like, fuck. And the dude was like, well, he like, you know what, man? This is my first day here. They called me over because they've been getting hit for so long. Yeah. He wasn't even supposed to be there. Yeah. <laughs> he just happened to be there that day. That's and he got me, but he was cool. He was like, you know what, man? I'ma just take the stuff back, man. Just don't come here no more. Yeah. He was like, he was like, This my my first day being here. I ain't even trying to do all that paperwork and stuff. He was like, yeah. just don't come here no more. And I was like, man, it was just my luck that one damn day well, that they was there. I could, I'm like, I could tell you from the statute of limitations. That was probably your people's. You, too. you, 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 you just shared. <laughs> you just shared that you'd be good. You, you're good because they let you go. They let yeah, you yeah, off. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, see, they so can't do nothing about that. My experience, like, I feel like That's I used funny. to be extra, but I was also cool. Like, it depends. <laughs> I yeah. used to work on Slossin' and Overhill. Okay. Oh, she was extra, though. And sometimes. But, like, <laughs> if they try to press me about my numbers. <laughs> but, um, but aside from that, it'd be like, um, I remember this black dude used to come in all the time. And the thing was, he pissed me off because he was still, it wasn't even a stealing that bothered me because he was homeless and he was a kid. He couldn't have been no older than 19, and he would come in every morning and throughout the day. He would come in sometimes like 9 in the morning, drunk, already, mm-hmm. like, and just look, it would just steal food. Mm-hmm. So I had to tell him one day, I'm like, bruh, bruh, now you starting to piss me off with this shit, okay? Because I don't even care about you stealing. You remember the, um, damn it, the little, like, cheese sticks you can dip them in? Oh, the, yeah, 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 the, yeah. I said, <laughs> bruh, you pissing me off with this shit because you want to come up in here stealing the little shit, which I don't even care about, but nigga, don't be leaving evidence behind. They do a pilferage count, okay? This is not doing my fucking job. If you're going to take it, you got to be hungrier than one pack. It come in a three-pack. And I took the other two. I'm like, take this shit, bro. Don't do this kind of shit no more. If you're going to come in here and steal, steal. Don't be leaving evidence and shit behind, bro. Now, look, I didn't do my goddamn job. No, you started to piss me that. off, okay? <laughs> but now I'm turning my head, okay? You, I see you a kid. You hungry, but don't be fucking me over like this, okay? All right, listen, we shaking hands on this shit, right? <laughs> do me do me right next time, my nigga. Don't come in here and open the fucking soda and take some sip and put it back, okay? Now they're like, you didn't see him? <laughs> Don't do me like this, bro. It's crazy take that shit. Like, it's funny that you're sharing all that because being in loss prevention, there are ways to get away with stealing. No, it really, <laughs> but you can, you can physically eat something inside of a store or if you, as long as you consume it inside, you can leave. It, that's not theft. <laughs> that's consumption. That's not the game I'm trying to preach to you. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, I didn't yeah, 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 no, no, no. I'm just saying. I, I had to realize. No, <laughs> <laughs> no, we all want to tell you. But, yeah, so y'all were so you after. If you're young, hold this car. We was young and dumb. All right, y'all don't worry about happens, that. Man. And so, you know, with, with the Ross, though, what really kind of snapped me out of it was just, like, the culture there. You know, so it's very black and white, super stringent. You have your best practices um, I would have a status with my boss every Monday. Then we have a meeting every week as well. It just became, you know, for me, overload for something I didn't really care about. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And it, it got to a point where money was no longer the most important thing mm. to me. Um, you know, and I, I, it's, I'm still, I'll be honest, I'm still working through that transition mentally, you know, going from a six figure salary to having, you know, less and significantly less yeah. money, you know, from in terms of some of the decisions I've made. But, um, you know, I ended up in the hospital. You know, I had like a, maybe a panic attack or anxiety attack. I really don't know. The doctors don't really know. Uh, I spent the week in the hospital where they thought I was having a heart attack. And mm-hmm. I think 
you spend a week in the hospital, you're getting little sleep, they're picking you, poking you with needles Man. and shit like that when they're taking blood. Uh, for me, it kind of felt like I had a, a front row seat with, with our creator, you know, where I got to question or look back on my own life and reflect, like, if it all ended today, would I be happy? Yeah. And I'm, I'm only 31. I've had a great life. You know, I, I feel like I've done many things I know a lot of people haven't had the opportunity to, but there was so much more that I could be doing from a community yeah, What kind of footprint have you left behind? Exactly. And, you know, that's really what I learned when I was going to Berkeley, you know, in, in terms of having a lot of those relationships within the community. I've always tutored kids and been involved with kids at all levels. You know, when I was in middle school, I was tutoring elementary kids. When I was in high school, it was middle school and so on and mm-hmm. so forth. And I got away from that, you know, chasing bread or chasing other experiences. Yeah. And that experience alone in the hospital kind of shifted that for me. That happened uh, last year back in, I want to say June. And by August... I was, I was doing a backpack drive, you know, so there's a hashtag on Twitter is support the homies. And we really started to use that hashtag to um, brand our community work. We've always done things out of the house that we were living in, whether we were doing backpack drives, book drives and things of that sort. But once we moved out of that house, it forced us to think of a way to do it online. And, you know, I was doing it leading up to my birthday last August. And, you know, the community response was fucking amazing. It's it's something that, you know, I don't take for granted. I'm super grateful for. We were able to raise 250 backpacks that people purchased off of a wish list on Amazon that we continue to repost over and over. Um, I wish I still had the pictures or had a mommy, man. I remember seeing you guys posting it, yeah. Boxes of shit outside my apartment, man. You know, and so we raised 250. A friend of mine, you know, also has someone that worked for Adidas. Uh, see it, you know, they got involved and matched that 250 Damn. backpack donation. So now we have 500 backpacks that we were able to donate into the Watts community. You know, so we partnered up with a lot of the elementary schools and middle schools out there. We gave some bags back to Vernon Day. I went to Carson High, so we were able to do some stuff with their black oh, students no. over there. Um, and that, it just it ignited a fire, man. There was no way that I was going to turn and go back, right? So, now you were doing this with some of your friends? Yeah, yeah, some of my friends, you know, a lot of a lot of the cats I grew up with, oh, okay. you know, so I've known the twins, uh, DeAndre and Leandre, since I was 11. Um, I met Kenny probably roughly about 10 years ago, you know, and I think just a lot of the conversations that we've had, the music that we listen to, just the culture that we're, we're really trying to build in yeah. LA right now around helping one another, mm-hmm. you know, and so mm-hmm. we felt like the hashtag support the homies really represents that very well, but also in a way where... You know, we don't have to wait for corporate, you know, donations or kickbacks. We can go out and do it ourselves. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's really what that drive was about for us. And figuring out a way to be able to market it where it didn't feel like it wasn't of us. You know what I'm yeah. saying? So it's like when it, when it comes to support the homies, in my opinion, it translates across people within our diaspora or culture of, of all backgrounds. It don't matter your socioeconomic status. You understand what support the homies would mean. In a way where you're willing to enter this space and have dialogue around how to support. Yeah, yeah, no, that's that sounds dope. Like I definitely, I know both of us would be definitely willing to help with. Yeah, I was gonna ask you guys about yeah. that. Anything like I really, I've been saying for a while that I really want to get into volunteer work. Yeah, something like she's, that's she's really, really me. Um, I. Oh, I'm, I was gonna. I had a thought that I kind of was fleeting in my mind, but um, I he was asking me about this earlier, and I was saying how I don't. I don't think I was a part of a lot of programs where we received a lot of things, but I was a part, uh, like on the other side of it, I did um, 
Girl Scouts, so we gave back then. Uh, my mom is a survivor of domestic uh, violence, so it was important to her to give back in. Like every I'm, every year, I remember um, she would have us like gather toys and clothes and buy things to give to people um, in shelters. Who so my mom was great with that, and um, I just think. It is important to get back, and as an adult, I want to get back to that. I swear I've been saying for like the last five years that I want to do um, some work in um, homeless shelters and soup kitchens. I kept saying, I want to, I want to volunteer for Christmas. And then I, I remember that fucking commercial has been playing for like the last year about like when the how when the holidays are done, like homeless people still need help. They show yeah. how it's like so yeah. full with people giving back mm-hmm. during the holidays, and then when for they're sure. done, it's empty, and it's like a homeless guy. He's like. We're still hungry, almost, you know, and it's like, that's real. I was thinking, like, why am I waiting until the holidays to get back? So that's something that I really want to get into, um, especially in the community that I um, that I come from and that I live in now. Yeah. So that's important. That's, that's dope. It's a guy I work with. He always calls it the turkey man, you know, so he really wants to ensure that the work that we do is, is impactful. And the turkey man is somebody that comes around during the holiday season. They bring that turkey by and they mm-hmm. never maintain that mm-hmm. relationship, you know, the, the and a lot of the nonprofit work that's done out there, honestly, is the same. You know, we assume that giving resources or giving money is enough, but the, the truth of the matter is it's a continual process. You know, people have traumatic experiences that have started to debilitate, you know, their mental health, and they need that continued support. Um, and building those relationships is critical. You know, when you talk about homelessness, I was in a seminar once, and they talked about the root of homelessness really being a lack of love out there. Yeah. You know, and at the end of the day, <clears throat> The thing that will continue to contribute to homelessness is not only just the mental issues that some of the people, you know, are experiencing, but also it's their lack of family, it's their lack of community, mm-hmm. you know. And so if you, when you think about that, me going to give this turkey or even giving these backpacks to some of these kids isn't enough either. You know, it's yeah, really yeah. about how do we continue to create this network of support within our community in order to advance ourselves. Mm. Yeah, no, it's big. And I like I was um, like we were uh, speaking to Kay earlier and I was asking her, like, if she had any experience and she was telling me not really. <clears throat> and I was just, you know, like thinking about some of my experiences. Like I grew up like um, I grew up poor for the most part. Um, but, you know. My my parents did what they could do, but I remember when I first moved to LA, I was about like seven years old, mm-hmm. and um, we stayed with my cousin. Um, it was me, my brother, my four cousins, and and my um, well, it's my it's certainly like like my aunt, but it's my mom's cousin. Yeah. But I so I consider her my cousin. Okay. So with her, and um, you know we weren't we weren't doing well at all, but. The park that was down the street from us, we pretty much lived there. Like they fed us, they did everything. Like so, we every summer, you know, we getting the free lunches, free everything. Like to the point where we're taking like two and three because <clears throat> a lot of times we didn't know when our next our next meal was going to come. Mm-hmm. And I think like people don't understand. There's so many kids out there that are hungry. Mm-hmm. Like so many kids that aren't mm-hmm. eating. Like and I was one of those kids before, but like for me, it wasn't. It wasn't that big because it was just something that was normal. Like it wasn't like I didn't really think that deep into it. You didn't think you were poor. Yeah, I didn't like sure. no. I knew I was poor yeah. for sure. Shit, you couldn't tell me. Oh, yeah, no, I, I knew that. <laughs> <laughs> My shoes told me the motherfucker was talking. <laughs> no, I, I knew that. <laughs> I knew that for the it most was part. Just the normal, <laughs> but it was normal. It wasn't. It wasn't. It wasn't out of the ordinary because a lot of people I saw too were just like me. So it wasn't mm. like I was seeing a lot of differences. Like I seen some, mm. but it was very, it was very far and few. And 
this park did a lot for me as just as a becoming a person that I am today. Like I don't like the people there, like they they impacted me. They they were there daily. Like you said, mm-hmm. people come around, go a turkey every year, a Christmas giveaway every year. It's like no, these people were constant in my life. Like mm-hmm. they were they were actually mentoring me without even without me knowing. You mm-hmm. know, and um, shout out to them, Mark. Um, a lot of those guys up there at that um, at that park, man. It they was big for me. Like, and we, I was a product of a lot of the stuff that you put together. Like, mm-hmm. uh, I mean, not you, but that what you're doing yeah. now is like we would have people come up to the park yeah. and and put on different things, different uh, giveaways and and drives and things like that. So I think that's big, and I definitely uh, commend you for doing that, man. Because that. that's definitely work that mm-hmm. needs that that's needed. It's it's definitely needed, and a lot of people don't understand how many people that are out there that need help. You know what right. I mean? And and we're fortunate enough to be able to do it, so let's do it. And yeah. Let me add on, I, I slighted so many people on this. Um, shout out to Papa Cliff. Um, mm. He's not my dad, but he's like a dad to me. He's like a dad to my sister. He was one of her first coaches ever that really Cliff. got her into basketball. And um, he works at, um, oh, you know, he does, at the he park ball park. Work, he's, yeah. He has a full-time job and does that as well. Mm. Coaches a bunch of teams. Um, my grandfather, rest in peace, um, really ingrained a lot of that mm. in me as well. He was a professional golfer and... Um, he gave back to the kids. He was actually essential in starting the Junior T program of um, Southern uh, California, Los Angeles. And um, he really, he volunteered. He helped with a lot of kids, teaching kids how to play golf, um, giving them the tools that they needed, the clubs, the balls, the your golf bag, you know. Um, he did a lot. Uh, my grandmother and my whole family, really, I grew up in the church as a young, and you wouldn't know that now, <laughs> but I grew up in the church. <laughs> And, uh, that, <laughs> and I don't know. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, the church back then could do a whole show. <laughs> right, right. Community pillar, but all all we did was give back. Seriously, all we did was praise God and give back. Um, I can think of so many drives and things that we did to give back to um to people. Even when you think about it, even in school, you know they do the canned food drives. They push this stuff. It's just whether we want to pick it up or not. When I think mm-hmm. of my whole childhood was laced with a lot of this, so um, thanks to those and thank you to you for doing yeah, that work. Yeah, Seriously, it's, it's, yeah, it's we want yeah your next one you got man. Appreciate put us on man. We got we gonna help. No, nah, definitely. We're planning it right now. Actually, we're getting ready to start planning it. It will exist continually every August to kick off the school year. Oh yeah, we you mean know, yeah. I'm serious. The Watts community definitely one that. You know, when I think about gentrification, it's not just the fact that black people continually get pushed out, you know. And so I, I when I moved to Inglewood, it was because it felt like one of the last black yeah, cities yeah, that yeah. left. So Watts is a space that I'm passionate about because mm-hmm. I want to be able to keep it black, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, and that's yeah. that's exactly why I kind of partner there, where there's a lot of different issues. And so you're definitely more than welcome to come and support. You will always be invited. Yeah, we're right down the street, man. And yeah. we have family that live <laughs> in Watts. Yeah, yeah, we, yeah, we have some family that, yeah. School system, so <laughs> yeah, that's actually, um, I don't know if you guys, I forget, I forget the name of the program that they're in, but I have um, some nieces and nephews who are a part of oh, a the program OC. that, that um, like, they put them in, like, private school and stuff, mm-hmm. and, like, they eventually end up at, if you're a boy, you end up at Verbum Day. If you're a girl, okay. you end up at uh, St. Mary's yeah. um, for school. And they, you know, they cover it, like, they pay for that's everything. Dope. And it's, it's a really great program. 
I think it's called OP. I don't yeah, know OP, what it stands anyway, for. Yeah, OP. Anyway, it's OP. They do um, a lot of great things for the kids. Yeah, they so, do. Like, they really uh, do. Our niece has gone horseback riding. They don't yeah, you know how many programs teach I just black, young, riding young a black years or ago minority youth <laughs> about equestrianism. You know, like, yeah, so that's great. Give them an opportunity to do something different. One of, uh, one of our nieces, she's into soccer. Something different. And she actually picked it up and really loves it. So I just appreciate these kind of programs. Yeah, no, that's big. I do want to take a second. You know, I love that you started sharing some of the people that have helped influence you throughout your childhood experiences. You know, and so I started kind of sharing my story in college, but also it's grounded in the people that have reached back out to help support Mm -hmm. me. You know, so I grew up in a single parent home with my mom. And with her at work all the time, there would be this, this idle time after school. And there's a coach, his name was Rocky, you know, that saw me walking from the park or my school to the Boys and Girls Club where I also went as a kid and he was like, why aren't you playing? You know, come get involved in this. And I think just that understanding of him as a parent, you know, he had older boys at the time. If I wasn't going to get involved in sports, then I could have got involved in the other family out there or family out there that was going to try to, you Mm -hmm. know, take up some of that idle time. And there literally have been coaches every step along the way to kind of keep me on track Mm. you know and I think that's what's aided in you know my spiritual growth is because I recognize that God's been there the whole time yeah you you mentioned some of these people that have been involved in your lives like that's that's not by yeah yeah no that is Mm. is, definitely by design and um you know countless coaches whether it's it's Rocky David um I remember there was a coach in high school Labasan he was our freshman coach and that was you know, it wasn't through a park league or anything like that, you know, but he really was able to build that personal relationship yeah. with his players as well. And that's why he's somebody that I'll always remember. It, yeah, wasn't, it wasn't just about who, you know, he really cared about his yeah, kids. Yeah, people. you can always tell the difference too. So yeah. really, it's not just a job. They care. They put extra, they put their own, not just money, their own money mm-hmm. and their own time into it. And they mm-hmm. personally invest in you. And that's beautiful. Yeah, so I, I love it. Yeah, shout out to everybody, man, that was a part of all of our growth and, and experiences in life, man. Y'all definitely haven't been forgotten, Not for sure, for sure. Um, so, yeah, so so um, we last, you, okay, so Ross. So the, the and, drive, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, so and I was doing that while I was still working for Ross, uh, you know, kind of burning the candle at both ends of the wick, if, if you will. And, um Again, it kind of just created that spark. You know, I knew I wasn't going to continue doing the type of work I was doing for very long. I didn't know what it could potentially turn into, but I definitely understood that I wasn't where I was supposed to be. Yeah, yeah. So I'm headed into work one day, and I'm on Twitter, and I see a tweet. You know, it goes out, oh, there's an opportunity at, you know, a Fortune 500 company to do nonprofit work. I think it would be a great opportunity for a person of color. I read it, I close it, <laughs> I get on, I get on the freeway in traffic, I gotta go to Monrovia. So I'm driving two hours in traffic, and the whole time on my ride there, I'm like, I'm thinking about the tweet. Yeah. You know, I kind of have an idea of what company it might be, but you know, there was nothing that was going to confirm that for me. Maybe a week goes by, and this person reposted it. You know, and it, so now under the in case you missed it section, it's like, yo, I reposted this tweet about an opportunity. Nobody hit me up. The position's still open. <laughs> like, <laughs> like hit me. You know what I'm saying? And so this time, instead of just walking out the door, you know, I stop, you know, I I text her like, yo, I think, you know, there's something calling me to this opportunity, maybe Um, update my resume right then and there, type up a cover letter right then and there. You know, we talked about wholeness. You know, I think one of the re- wholeness, just to make sure y'all know, I didn't not wholeness. Say wholeness. Yeah, we'll get yeah. into the wholeness Whole, later. Oh, <laughs> we might have to scratch that surface. Too. We're gonna get into the wholeness. <laughs> Whose man's is this? Shit. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's funny. Oh, you did make that page. I huh? sure did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yo, when I seen it, 
don't lie, I screamed, shout it to Dylan. I said, Bruh. You caught me up. But yeah, yeah, we talking about wholeness. 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 You know, when I wrote this cover letter, it was, you know, all the experiences that I've had up to this point, I shared that. You know, so I went into this interview process as myself. You know what I'm saying? I wasn't sugarcoating nothing. I wasn't trying to paint a picture like I was gonna be able to do this work better than anybody else it's just hey here's here's why i believe i'm qualified Mm -hmm. here are the things that i think i'll be able to learn and here's where i can continue to grow as well and um you know so after sending that stuff in i had an interview within a week of time and then by the end of that week i had a job offer you know so that really created really what i what i wanted what i was working towards following that drive was figuring out how could i do this type of work full-time when Mm -hmm. i'm being paid to make a difference because it it matters to me. Yeah, you know, yeah it, it really is recharging. Some of my days are really long. Um, sometimes I have shitty days, but when I look back at it, I a shitty day for me is not the most shitty day at all. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Anymore, you know what I mean? And it's it's definitely because I'm grounded in in community work that I enjoy. Yeah, you're doing what you love. Like what yeah. they what's the saying? Um, when you, you do what you love, you never work a day in your life. Fucking yeah, yeah. lie. It's still work. No, not to say you won't have a bad day, like because we all have bad days. Some days you get up and you're like, damn it, I just want to stay in there. I mean, our office is in is in LA. Um, I live in Long Beach, so I mean, my commute some days, depending on if I'm Mm -hmm. up on time, can reach an hour and a half, two hours. And are you like are you are you like a regular hour, like eight to five type type of situation? I mean, yes and no. It 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 depends. I like to get up early. I I do drive. Okay, I was gonna say. I'm trying to figure out a train situation, but it's not the most convenient. Yeah. Maybe once they finish the one that goes to LAX, um, I think that that might. Uh, it's a stop nearby. It's really kind of just some laziness. Yeah, yeah. You know yeah, what I think? I, but, oh, well, I'm sorry. Go ahead, please. You know, I was going to say with the drive, though, I used to complain about my commute when I was mm-hmm. at Ross and when I was at Target. I don't complain about it no more. Yeah, yeah. Oh, see, that's amazing. It's, it's cool. It's because yeah. I'm driving to something that I enjoy doing. It's yeah. a new saying. When you're doing what you love, you'll never mind the commute. <laughs> Straight up. Straight <laughs> up. Man, if your boy will change your life. Man, commute boy, have you quitting your job? No, for real. Like, the commute boy, I... I have coworkers. They're like, "Oh, it's two hours." It's, I said, "You need to find a new job." Yeah. No, I'm, not, what, I'm not driving nowhere for no two hours. Yeah. These <laughs> things need to be busy. Sometimes people are killing them. So people are committing suicide because of stress. It's fucking traffic, okay? No, traffic, Someone's gonna traffic. blow their yeah, head off one no, day and bumper to bumper on the freeway. It's gonna be fucking done one day. Like and that's I, it. And I'm really like, I'm a really like chill person. I don't get mad at nothing. Yeah. Oh but please. Put me behind the wheel. Oh, I'm about to say yeah. He's, <laughs> no, Dylan is one of those annoying people who lays <laughs> like, on the fucking horn. Like, like, Mother, you are, come on, you want to get me a, are you trying to, the That's cop, you see the cops, laying oh, on the I horn, he is one of those, he, we, I swear, we're at a red light, and it's a turn, he feel like somebody's not turning fast enough, ha, yeah, ha, you get to go, what did you like, waiting bro, for, stop, why no, you, I do it, I'm no. like, you're obviously not listening, why do you keep punking, <laughs> no, that's and the only time people get me mad, is behind the wheel, I get pissed off, I be hot but, um, man. this nigga Dylan does the most, <laughs> he just does too. the most, yes, he, I be hot in the passenger seat, yeah, like, you been pissing me off, but that's, uh, that's a good thing you brought up too, um, like about you doing what you love, but you work for a corporation, like mm-hmm. a company. Yeah. And a lot of people will tell you, oh, you know, be an entrepreneur. Know. You don't need to work for nobody. But mm-hmm. I don't feel like it's nothing wrong with working for anybody. If you're doing what you love and, and someone's helping you get to to where you have that type of um, 
you know, like where you, yeah, like the impact that you're trying to make and they're helping you make that impact. I don't see anything wrong with it. I mean, like for us, what we want to do, of course, it would be entrepreneur stuff, but I don't, if I could do what I love and work for a corporation that can help me, um, fulfill a lot of my passions and stuff, I wouldn't mind that. Like, but I think a lot of people have that same, oh, you, you work for a company, you just a company man. Like, no, I'm doing what I love and they're paying me to do this shit. So. People say that are just miserable. Yeah. (laughs) Culture is also really important, you know, so I feel like Mm -hmm. where I'm at is the right place because there's a very strong entrepreneurial spirit. So, there are these, there are your parameters in terms of what you want to achieve and accomplish, but you create how you work within those parameters. Mm. So I still have a, a lot of level of freedom when it comes to my own decision making or the different programming that I want to bring to the table. Yeah. And to be completely honest with you, it's created an understanding within me that you could have both. You could have your company objectives and you could be working towards that, but you could still have that entrepreneurship aspect behind it if you find a gap in the business. And mm-hmm. now you can approach it by saying, here's how we're going to help solve this gap. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and really position yourself almost as an agency, you know, and that's, that's the ultimate goal for me no, that's know, when it comes to support the homies or, you know, different, you know, other friends of mine, businesses that we're pushing right now through our own. It's like, how do you, how do you position yourself as an agency or a partner really, with a lot of these corporations? Yeah. And, and that's really where you have more say at the table. I think your voice is a lot stronger. Mm-hmm. But I think in addition to that, you're going to get paid what you want to get paid through this work. And I think there's a there's an assumption out there that if I'm doing non-profit, non-profit work, I can't make any bread. That's not true. I'm working hard. I mm-hmm. want to make money too. You know, and I think mm-hmm. I use the church as an example and hopefully nobody beats me up for this. But <laughs> you think about pastors and things and sometimes people complain about how much money they make. Well, shit, they're creating the sermon every week. They're going to every event for the most part. Like, they're putting a lot of work into how they help influence this this church audience or the attendees. They should get paid for that. You know what I'm saying? There are some concerns I have, but they've earned that. You know what I mean? Now, if my my pastor is wearing a Nike Air Yeezys, man, nah, we we got issues. He bought it, but he came here. Nah, we got issues. I think it got on the easy side, man. I got, I got a problem with that. Nah. <laughs> it's funny though because it was a tweet the other day. Someone was talking about this this woman, and she was she did a seminar on black culture at, yeah. at NYU or something, and they found her. I guess she had a private page where she was like twerking and stuff like that, and so mm-hmm. they they had a, a concern about someone that was speaking on behalf of the people having some other negative images. Yeah, yeah, yeah. she's twerking for Jesus. But, I mean, the, the truth of the matter is we're complex, though. Yeah, you know yeah. I'm saying? Like, none of us are completely linear. He's, we all have several experiences yeah. that have made yeah. us up. Like, I'm, I, I love community work, but I also was at the L.A. Function Drunk yesterday. Yeah. Like, I, I went up, you know what I'm saying? Like, yes. that's, I enjoyed myself. Yeah. Yes. That, that's a part of who I am, too. And, and you know, I think... The church, in my opinion, could be a lot stronger sometimes if there were more yeah. understanding of the yeah. dualities or complexities that people have yeah. and the it, impacts we can exactly. still make. It's like that, um, I, I don't know if you heard that Joyner Lucas song, um, Devil's Work, I think it is. Yeah, 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 yeah. You didn't hear it? Oh, man, he smoked it. But it's a line in there where he says, I'm scared of going to church because I don't want to go to church because I'm scared of being judged. Yeah. And it's basically just what you said. It's like, this lady can't twerk on her off day because yeah. people are going to say, oh, well, you can't do that because that's not the Lord's. You know what I mean? It's yeah. like, we're complex people, and I think that's a big part of, like, church is how they exile people. It's like, y'all doing the same thing, but y'all making people feel bad for doing the same thing y'all do. Boom. You know what I mean? It's like, 
stop that's judging insane. people and you might have actual people want to come back because we a lot of people grew up in the church but mm-hmm. how many people continue staying yeah. at yeah. church after they can make their own decisions yeah. i think Not it's a lot important of that the churches really do find a way to bring the youth back um because i think it's a, i would it, love to help yeah, if you're listening yeah i think yes yeah, <laughs> yeah, i got a lot of ideas i got a lot of ideas on that too i, I just saw um Man. driving down rosecrans on friday i just saw um a family a black family um maybe like five of them like holding signs and they're in the street uh please help us with donations uh trying to have a funeral for a loved one and the church mm-hmm. the church is I there to that. assist with a lot of these kinds of things and if people were really involved with the church we could get more help if we put more in we can get more out as well but um i was just thinking like it had me thinking about community programs that can help with that because how often are we seeing that now where we're seeing people on the street asking begging for money just to bury a loved one it's crazy i found out it's crazy I don't, I don't know how I'm going to frame this, but I found out at one point a church owned the farm. And, hey. you know, and they had purchased the farm, you know, with the intentions of growing the congregation, right? However many millions of dollars. And it's this would be a free idea so that if anybody can execute it, it's like, why wouldn't or why couldn't a church take that same amount of money that they were approved for this loan of to purchase the farm and buy housing? Mm-hmm. And then be able to figure out how to give out either low interest loans to people, or you know, provide temporary housing to combat homelessness yeah. in they black do. communities. And their their churches do awesome. have, they all they own their um, I, churches do own homes. I'm not uh-huh. sure as far as apartment buildings, but I know that they do own homes that they allow members of the congregation to come to and stay at awesome. when they need help. That's that's what I mean about the church being such a pillar for the community. You're supposed to be able to go there in time of hardship. If you lose a job, you go. So you talk to your deacon. You talk to your pastor. They give you money. That's why that's, awesome. that's part of collection. That's, that's how it's supposed that's to be. But, but not a lot of them are operating in that way. No, a lot. No, that's what I'm saying. A lot of them are. I, Where I think they get. To me, it's like 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 the Chris Rock joke. This is going to be an extreme example. Like he rapes and he saves at the same time. It's like there's good and there's so there's bad too. It's so much like you said. It's complex, but there is a lot of that in there. But you don't go to church, so you can't say that. But it is true. They do help a lot, and I just think missing the youth. They're missing a lot of money and. People are missing a lot of help. And, we just need to find a way to fuse it. We need to find a way to fuse it. In terms of that outreach thing, you know what I'm saying? It's like, I think it's something we can do more of. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now I'm learning. Some churches do do it. You know, but they can you do a better have, job. You have the it, question like of where is this happening at mm-hmm. or where does this exist at? Yeah. And so I'm like, how, how are churches telling that story and where's the transparency with that? Um, you know, I, I believe in tithing, but I don't. You know, I don't necessarily believe that I have to give my money to a church. I might give money to someone on the street mm-hmm. or give resources to people on the street. I think there's multiple ways to be able to give back. Um, and so sometimes it's just it's difficult to understand where all those resources are going or how it's going yeah. to continue mm-hmm. to impact what we see. You know, homelessness, especially in L.A., is growing. You see more and more people living mm-hmm. under freeways and tents and stuff like that. Like, there have to be more creative yeah. ways and evolved ways for us to come back. And then we've never de- dealt with it before. I, I have a friend who also did something very beautiful. Shout out to Janae. Um, she said, uh, she thinks that, which is true, homeless women are forgotten a lot. So she uh, made, like, she created these packs of essentials for women. Like so deodorant, yes, yeah. uh, uh, pads. Tampons, things that we don't even think like when you think about homeless drives, how often they're giving women panties mm-hmm. and sanitary napkins. Mm-hmm. 
It's such a forgotten thing. And you go into the, if they go into the bathroom to get something, you got to break the fucking machine because they charging you for it. It's crazy. So, uh, yeah, it's important. Like, just giving back. This is, I, this is a really great conversation. This is a really great episode to me. I really think this is going to be dope. Uh, yeah, yeah. This is important. I think it, everybody just take a moment to just stop and think, what can you do? What can we do to help? Yeah, just to change the A-Live, even if it's just one. Like, just changing one person's life is just, is enough to change the I was joking with my sister this week. She was, uh, she was saying she left the hotel, which is rare. (laughs) She left the hotel. She said she saw this homeless lady. She said, and I was just feeling so good after um, practice and the workout, and I had just ate. She was like, and something just let me reach into my pocket and give her $20. She gonna say, now I feel like I shouldn't have gave her that much. (laughs) And I was joking with her. Like I was like, oh, yeah, she gonna be there waiting for you, big money. Uh, She waiting to get another. She got friends for you now. Uh, And so you come out the hotel. She opened the door. Hey, big money. (laughs) But no, but for real, that's just. Everybody get back home. It's, it's dope though. It's like Kendrick's song, How Much a Dollar Cost, like really hit me after listening to it several times. Yeah. Like, he's talking about homelessness or this conversation with a homeless man. And at the mm-hmm. end of the song, being revealed is like, I'm God, I'm Jesus. Like, mm-hmm. you don't know who you're interacting yeah. with. Everything that you say, every action that you do has an impact in some way, shape, or form. And so it's like for anybody that is interested in starting a lot of community type of work, the difference can start with you. And like mm-hmm. what you spend your time doing on a regular basis or a daily basis, excuse me, even if it's 30 minutes, you know, or even less than that. You know, sometimes just a conversation goes a long yeah. way. There are a lot of people out there dealing with some difficult things, you know what I mean? And you got to do a lot of personal work, you know, where you're in a space of, of healthiness as well. And you got to have some balance and you got to know how to, knowing to step back, you know, but there's definitely a lot of opportunity to step into this type of work and to make a difference. Yeah, yeah, we were. I, I want to do one of those things on the lawn, too. I see, like, even people just give back in small ways that we don't even, that maybe it doesn't hit you immediately. Mm-hmm. One of those um, little free libraries. Have you ever mm-hmm. seen them? Yeah, yeah, I yeah, think yeah. those are awesome because whenever yeah. I right, see even, one, um, I stop and I get a book. Mm-hmm. I always take a book from those, and when I'm passing back, I'll bring another book and put in there that I mean, education. You're teaching people, like, literacy is so important out here. You have to you have to read. There's so like, much knowledge um, in books. You can learn so much. You know how people That's always true. want to have, like, yard sales? Just put stuff in your yard and it's free. Yeah. You know, I just want to like, pick it up. You can't need a city permit for those. How many people actually have city permits <laughs> for fucking yard sales? None yeah. of you. I'm reporting uh, you unless you give me the shirt for free. But okay? I did, um, <laughs> yeah, I, I did want to talk about uh, what you were just um, kind of touched on, um, like, cause I was going through a, a, like battling with um, just how I can help and impact lives, and you know I kind of wanted to like just start with my own family, yeah. and you know I, like I have a lot of nieces and nephews, and I was having a difficulty like just talking to them, yeah. like I was scared. I was scared to talk to them about stuff that I went through, and we talked a little bit For about this off air. Because it was just a lot of stuff that I personally didn't deal with myself that I went through, mm-hmm. but I had experience, but I never had experience mm-hmm. with um, healing from it. Mm-hmm. So I didn't know how to even help them. And I was just scared. Like I would be in certain situations and I would just freeze up. Like I didn't even know what to say like to my nieces and nephews. And like, and I went through a like battle with that for a long time. Mm-hmm. And then something, I forgot what happened, but somebody had basically just told me like, you might not be vocal in what you're saying to them, but how you're moving, how you're living, is showing example. them a, is showing them example. Like you're you're showing them an example by 
not vocally, but just um, visually, mm-hmm. like showing them like what you're doing, like how you're moving, like mm-hmm. you know, like like we just bought this house a year ago, and we don't like, sell you know drugs, okay? Yeah, straight lace lifestyle. Long time ago. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no. Um, but you know, it's like it's big, and it's like fucking hard. It's like a lot of times you don't have to be this vocal, out outspoken person. You can lead by example. Yeah. So there's people out there who who are who may listen to this and be like, oh, I'm just scared to talk. I'm not, you know, I might not be that vocal. That's okay. Lead by example. Mm. Show by what you do. Show and tell. You know what I mean? And it's like there's a lot of ways to to help people. Um, and that's one of them, you know what I mean? Like show and prove and, and I try to do a lot more of that, but I also want to start being a little more vocal as well. Like I want to be able to talk to these kids, talk to my nieces and nephews about stuff that they going through and, because and just they deal mean, with they it. probably share a lot of your experiences as yeah, well. Yeah, they do. They do. And I was just scared. Like I was literally scared. Like, <laughs> but I think you I don't know what else Dylan had a, I swear it probably wasn't until like a mm. year, maybe a little, maybe two years ago that you really got comfortable even in sharing pieces of his story with people. Yeah. Sometimes I think that, and not that it's all painful, but, um, our stories that some of our, our pain to us is so, we hold it so near and dear. Like it's very personal. This is mine. We're yeah. possessive about it. We don't want to give it away for reasons of like, it's hard it, just because it's, it is sad. Some of it. And also, it's, like I said, it's something that you hold dear. It's no, very I was embarrassed. To, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's no, I was very embarrassed hard to, tell to open up about poor. that kind of stuff. D- there are people who have known Dylan <laughs> for years. He doesn't talk about yeah. any of his stuff, Seriously. which is so crazy. I think, like, it's, it's funny because in doing a lot of the work, modeling the behavior is important, right? It, it, it can help plant seeds or spark ideas within people. But throughout the process, I've learned that it, I have to practice the tail part. It's not just show because show mm-hmm. show doesn't really close the deal. Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? So I through front run or keep it around hundred. I've you know the the breast cancer run. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's the first time I've ever spoke in front of everybody like that. Okay, we yeah, yeah we I didn't run. think we so, uh, we didn't make it to that one. So my mom my mom came out um, for the breast cancer run in October. Um, that Butter was really kind of sponsoring with the American Cancer Society. Yeah, and you know I. Share with him. My mother's a three-time breast cancer survivor. Oh, hey, so hey, I got my mom involved in the run, and my my mom and I have never bonded in that type of way for uh, for something cancer related. It's always been a really sensitive topic. Yeah, it's the first time I got a chance to share her story with everybody and to be able to see so many people be so supportive of her and then come out to the run Man, and kind of cheer that. her on. Like she'll never forget. Yeah. That. And then for her to get that from you as well was probably yeah. the most important thing. And I know that was a major moment that. for you, man. Man, I'm. Absolutely. And so, you know, that tail part is so critical. Mm. And what I've now discovered in practicing sharing more of my story is that there's power in vulnerability. Yes. Yeah. Yes, you know, it is. and so now sharing some of the experiences that I've had, the highs and the lows, now when I step into a space, you know, it, it brings back that concept of wholeness. You know, yeah. because that is a part of who I am too. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so if if I didn't have whatever those experiences were. I couldn't be who I am right now. Yeah. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And so learning how to, you know, intentionally share certain things to be more impactful, you know, mm-hmm. in different situations, certain environments with larger groups of people is important, you know, because we really can start to find a, a greater power within ourselves. Yes. Yeah, you know, yeah. Because now we're no longer hiding this yeah. component, you know what I mean? Now, that was big. And for me, I remember it was a lot of people, because I put a story on Instagram, like, uh, I don't know if it was oh, yeah, a throwback Thursday or something. Mm-hmm. And I shared my story about like growing up poor and what 
kind of like, you know, you can't really say as much as you want to say, yeah. uh, especially when you're typing. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I kind of just shared it. And a lot of people hit me like, damn, I never knew that about you. Like, people that have known me for, like, over 20 years. Mm-hmm. And it was just... It was just part of my life. Like, I was just embarrassed about I don't know why, yeah. but it was just something like growing up as a kid, you know, you get talked about a lot, like when you when you got bummy clothes and, and beat up shoes and stuff. So it was yeah. like, I, I, for me, I never wanted to, I made sure that as I grew older, I was like, I'll never be poor again. Like, yeah. I always make sure I always have money coming in. Yeah. Like, somehow, some way. Like, I'm never... Because, like, for me, it was just a traumatic experience. Mm-hmm. And it was just something I was just so embarrassed about. But I never wanted to tell people, like, I was poor because I felt like they would look at me like I was still poor or something. Yeah. I don't know. It was yeah. just something I had to deal with. But now, like you said, like, just becoming whole as one is like, this is my story. Like, this is what happened to me. Yeah. It doesn't... Not to say that it doesn't define me, but it's it helped me become the person that I am today. You know, like it, it helped mold me into who I am today. So I just had to embrace it. Like I had to embrace my past, learn how to embrace my past, I should say. And now I feel great. I feel I feel good about it. Yeah. Um, I don't mind telling people mm-hmm. I was poor, that I didn't have, I was eating free lunches at the park. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. I had shoes that was talking, yeah. you know, <laughs> some combat boots they was talking, uh, me and my brother did. But, you know, that's just life. It, it's part of it. I couldn't control that. I, yeah. I didn't have no control over well, me growing up poor. You know, that's just something that happened. And and that's just what it is. But now, hey, now I got to have a house. It's yeah. crazy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Went from, from not having a house to now I have a house. You know? And I'm glad you're saying that. I think it's like you're saying, it's, there's so much power and vulnerability. I, um, I've always had a thing, like, I can feel your energy. So I come around somebody and I mm-hmm. feel this pretty low. I can sense some sadness. I'm always the kind of person going to talk to you to pull that out of you because I'm like, what's wrong? Mm-hmm. And I learned that being such, I'm an open arm kind of person. Mm-hmm. And you can't be open arm without giving. Yeah. You have to give yourself to people in order for them to give to you. Yeah. So you have to be able to be open and to share. People, and I learned that, like, vulnerability if I'm vulnerable with you and you see that I'm being vulnerable with you, it makes you comfortable to come mm-hmm. and talk to me. Otherwise, you're kind of like, you asking me mm-hmm. about my fucking business and here you are <laughs> pretending to be motherfucking Mary. You know what I'm saying? You mother Mary right here. Yeah. No, you have to be able to talk to people and just share that. I think that's important. Like you said, it, to me, a part of leaving my footprint is I leave something with people. Mm-hmm. I'm going to leave something with you. It, and I want you to leave something with me as well. Mm-hmm. We now we have a piece of each other, and that's intimate. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's what that's to me. That's what creates that humanity. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. If we if we continue to front and put on this image of, of whoever we think we are, whoever we want to be, based on those projections, like it's not authentic at that point. It's no longer genuine mm-hmm. or sincere. Like, mm-hmm. We all go through shit, you know. And I think our our own ability to understand that based on what Dylan said, I love that you brought it up. Like, we didn't have no control over a lot of it. Mm-hmm. And if we if we put more emphasis on what we actually do control, it just becomes so much easier not to let yeah. the bullshit distract you from no, you know, whatever exactly. your goals It's are. freeing, man. Like, I feel so much weight off of my shoulders, like, yeah. not being scared to tell that story or being embarrassed about it. Like, That's dope. it is what it is. Like, I, it happened. Like, move on. You know what I mean? And, and part of it was... That was part of the reason why, like, I wanted to get into podcasting. Mm-hmm. It was like I wanted to free myself. I wanted to tell these stories. I wanted to show people that there's other ways to do it. You know what I mean? That's mm-hmm. why we have you on here, like, showing people like 
there's things you can do other than what they tell you you can do. You know what I mean? And there's ways to to just become the person you want to be by just going and searching yourself, like exactly. searching within yourself mm-hmm. and finding that, like finding out. Like I spend nights and months, years, like just praying, praying, like show me something, like yeah. like talk about it, like put it down. Like we put a, like we made, I would say maybe it was like five years ago, probably now yeah. we came, we sat down and put a five year plan. Okay. And literally like <clears throat> looking at it, we damn near cross, cross off everything. Off. Yeah. That's dope. And I was just telling my brother, I was like, tell him like, man, That's put dope. together a five year plan. He was telling me at first, he's like, man, I don't got five years. I'm not, I was telling him like, not saying it's going to take you five years, but just putting it on paper and having to be able to visualize it. Yeah. It's going to come fast. It, it probably will come faster, but mm-hmm. just having it down. Keeping an eye on your priorities. Keeping an eye on it. That's all it is. Keep an eye on it. Like, all right, what do I need to do? All right, this is my focus. This is my focus. Yeah. And and I I would I would recommend it to anyone that's listening. Put together a five-year plan. All your goals, aspirations, things you want to do, write it down. Whether I don't care how big they seem, how small they seem, put it on a piece of paper and just keep and look at it every day. Read it every day. Mm-hmm. And, share, and share it with the younger people. You know, so I, I'll share a story. I was doing some service at... Boys and Girls Club in like the Jordan Downs area and it was around a Christmas event and we were trying to get the kids to do basically something like a vision board but they only had to write one thing on there about you know something that they dream of yeah and it was a 12 year old kid and he wasn't participating and I'm like what's going on like you're not writing down your dream he's like I don't dream I was like, what? What do you mean you don't dream? He was like, what am I going to dream for? His kids are big. And that, that shit hurt. Yeah, yeah like, because he is that. Because I'm 31. I still dream. I dream yeah. every day of yep. my life. Yep. Like, and I'm not going to stop having that, those goals and aspirations. If like, something happened to him, like they, life to make it to that's hopeless. At 12 years old, life got you there already where you lost hope. Dream, that's man. crazy. So, you know, I definitely made it a point to kind of spend a little bit more time with yeah. him, share a little bit more of my story, and get him to write down whatever these goals or dreams are. But it's like, we, we can't have our younger generation also losing hope yeah. that, that quickly. Yeah. Man, so it's, that's, it's, that's when you're supposed a, to be dreaming. It's important for, for us as adults to, to build those habits, but we have to, even if we don't do it, we have to share it with the kids. Seriously. Yeah. That, that stuff hurts. At 12 years old, shit, I was dreaming about being Harriet the Spy. <laughs> <laughs> and I was doing it and got in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> I used the telescope inappropriately. Yeah, that's, that's sad, man. And well, that just... I was dreaming about being a grocery bagger. <laughs> a dream my mother did not support. Oh, that's crazy. Like, just, like, I'm that's thinking crazy. about that. Like, I can't stop thinking about that kid now. Because I'm thinking about all the stuff he's been through and probably that gone really? through that yeah. got him to where he is. And I know so many people like that. I know so many people that went through so much stuff as a kid that mm-hmm. it, it kind of defeats you. Like, you get defeated yes. at an early age. And that's terrible. And then I think now what you do and what we definitely want to help you do as well, like with the community stuff, what is going to make your job that much harder is social media. Because yeah. now these kids get to see these false images of what people are portraying online. Mm-hmm. And they're like, I definitely, life is over for me. Mm-hmm. Like, you have to you have to fight against so many factors now in trying to inspire these kids. But mm-hmm. I, know you, I know you're not going to shy away from it, from any challenge. So... Um, but I definitely think that yeah, with the social exactly. media aspect coming in now, it's it's that much harder to reach these kids. Yeah, exactly. It hits everybody. I mean, yeah. you, 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 too. you talk about your experience, you know, coming from a poorer background. 
Um, I mean, I grew up in a similar way, but for me, that was why it was always that connection to money. It was like, I didn't want to have to worry Man. about nothing. And nothing. so it was, it was, you know, signing my own soul away yeah, to take much. these jobs that I knew would pay mm-hmm. me a bunch of cash and then just be unfulfilled. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And so it's like, it's, I'm glad it happened. It's a blessing in disguise, but it's the worst feeling to feel like, damn, I don't have no control over my own life. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, and to think that there are kids out there that might feel that way as well. Man. Um, it's tough. I mean, because you really ain't you really ain't started yet. You know what I'm saying? Even even going through the twenties, like we ain't even scratched the surface of our potential. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know think I mean? about but we how think many, we have it figured out. How many young people we meet that'll say things? Mainly, I hear this from a lot of young men who will say, um, like, I ain't expect to be here this long. Like, I didn't mm-hmm. even expect to make it to this age. Man. They just turn thirty and be like, it's crazy that I'm even thirty. Like, I never thought I would see thirty. Mm-hmm. People saying they never thought they would see 20, 19, 18. It's just, oh, wow. Like, and like you said, speaking to the kids, yeah. like, um, I don't dream. People are like, what for? Like, long-term plan. What do I need a long-term plan for? Like, it, whew. Yeah. That's, that's yeah. It's, it's tragic to hear, honestly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that is. That's, that's a... Uh... And that lets me know that we are doing something that is failing the youth and we got to do better. Shout out to uh, all the kids getting the blue and yellow calendar lunch uh, tickets, okay? Hey. I had I damn sure had them. Hey, that motherfucking Chalupa boy. You know, I'm a little jealous they're changing things up. Now now they're doing the programs where they're trying to like feed the children inside the classroom for breakfast when they come in like oh, in that initial lit. home yeah but a lot of the teachers are going some of the parents are against it some teachers the teachers are actually trying What's to help them some parents uh and some of the teachers are complaining like oh it's hard for the children to focus you can't get kids to focus while they're eating well give them a minute to eat because <laughs> yeah. it, and the teachers are also complaining and there are parents on the other end who are saying there are kids who are leaving home without breakfast yeah, there are kids who are tired in the morning because they haven't had that wake me up meeting so yeah, it's important. Breakfast is an important meal. I didn't even realize that until like three months ago. <laughs> I think that's a good idea. The only thing that would concern me about that would be like for those kids with potential learning disabilities or those kids that Need don't it. feel confident in a classroom space. And because I, you know, when I think about me and work, when I've been in a job that I've hated, when I'm just in that office, I'm in, I'm miserable. Yeah, you know, yeah. I'm not happy to be present. You know, and so it's like. For me, I looked forward to recess, you know, yeah, or lunch nice, because yeah. I was coming out of the classroom. You know, I could relax a little yeah, bit, hang yeah, out with my friends time. and chill, feel like I had that sense of freedom. But now if you're telling me I got to eat in the classroom. Too, oh, so they're no, taking no, that time no, no, away? Still, no, so they still do the breakfast. Like, you know, if you get to school early enough, you can get your breakfast still. Yeah. But it's for the children. Like, some kids, your parents are barely getting you there just to make it oh, one time okay. for homeroom. So, so those kids who are in the classroom, who they didn't have an opportunity well, to eat, your, they're making sure you have oh, stuff. If you can't get your kids to school on yeah. time, just put them yeah. in the Uber. That's how, cool to me. Yeah, how can you complain about that? They're just trying to feed the so this lady put her five-year-old kid in the uber to go to school oh she, she used, didn't ride in the uber with the kid she should have used the, they have a safe one for kids that hop skip and a jump or something now, i'm not putting my kid no five-year-old kid <laughs> with an adult <laughs> i don't care who, <laughs> a hop skip none of that a five-year-old kid the probably the youngest i would allow my kid to be in the uber is maybe like 15, 16, like high school age. What, what was her skin complexion? Not Uber. I, I would like to learn about hop skin. Y- your mom used yeah, to do yeah, that. Yeah, my mom used to, my mom used to do it. So it's, a, it's basically 
the same thing as Uber. It's for you children, just, but it's just for kids. But still, either way, you're putting your kid in somebody's car that you do not things. know. I don't care if you have their picture and their license plate number. Would you let your your child ride the school bus? You don't know that motherfucker. Yeah, because I rode the school bus. But you don't it's know the driver. Yeah, the same thing. Fuck, I got me. The hops, if there's like, you know, Certification. I'm sure they tried to vet him. Yeah, she had to. Then you know that might be something I would be more comfortable. But yeah, that's not. You might like that. But then the school bus drivers are cussing at your kids. There's so many kids. No, school bus was lit though. School bus don't take that away from kids. No, but the school buses they don't put. They do shit like pull over. People can't get power over a fucking bus and pull over and be like, I'm not moving until everybody gets quiet. Bitch, you better get me home, okay? Before I call my fucking mama, okay? Don't let her come back on this door. You gonna tell that to her? <laughs> you better start this motherfucker up. Rev up these goddamn engines and get me to my stop. <laughs> okay, I better not be late. <laughs> no, that's so Y'all know they used to do that. <laughs> Try to stop now. I'm not going to move. Yes, you are, bitch, because you want to get home, too. <laughs> we can All wait right. your ass out. <laughs> well, before we before we get out of here... Um, we didn't get to the bullshit. We talked about before we get out of here. No, I don't here. think we need the bullshit. This is a good episode. I don't think we need the bullshit for this Wait, episode. I really want to discuss... No, hold on. No, but before you are, before you do bring it, if you do, are going to bring up any bullshit. I'll bring um, up good bullshit. I just want to know... All right, so we went through pretty much everything. Um, so what are your plans, like, for the future and, like, where you want to take, like, the community organization and everything? Yeah. I mean, I really want to be able to be, like, an agency, essentially, where I work with corporations that don't necessarily have a nonprofit arm and be able to help connect them to areas that they might be interested in going to from a business standpoint. Okay. You know, so develop my portfolio where I have relationships with communities in need uh, when it comes to like the Watts area or Inglewood or even like the Crenshaw district and be able to help bridge the gap between some of these corporations that have fear of entering in these spaces. You know, or they, they might want to make a difference and they just, just don't, don't know how, how you know. know? I'll, I'll never forget, there's a woman at work, uh, she's in HR, and I'm so inspired by her story, mostly because of just the, the honesty that she's yeah. had and the courageousness. And what I'll share about her is, she's a white woman and we're currently having a lot of conversation about diversity and inclusion. And she's openly expressed that I'm over human resources and I don't have a, a background in this stuff. I'm not the expert. Um, and she's hired people that are experts in it in order to help um, change this yeah. part of the culture, right? And I think it's really dope just to be open enough to be able to express that and be a part of the solution to create some change. And so that's essentially the spirit that you know I want to be able to yeah. have within you know my company. You know, where it's about understanding that we are the experts. You know, we come from the community. We are of the community. Any efforts that do happen that are going to affect our lives, we should be a part of that. And we should continue to be a part of the change and really um, monopolize, essentially, you know, the own impact that we are capable of making yeah. in, in our own communities. You know, so I think Support the Homies has created my interest in doing it amongst ourselves and continue to be able to make that impact because that's something we can do now, you know, but long term having that uh, company where we do that type of work on a corporate level uh, with, with partnerships in partnership, excuse me, with those that may not have a nonprofit yeah. on. No, that's dope. I think that's, um, that's definitely the way to go, especially that's your, your passion. Um, I think that's big, man, especially for companies to be able to reach someone like yourself who's of the communities, not just, oh, we're going to just go and put throw some money at something and, oh, yeah. you know what I'm saying, and get our name out there. It's like, no, we actually want to get with somebody who has an impact in the community. Mm -hmm. It's going to help us to actually have an impact and not just 
give away some some bags. You yeah. know what I mean? It's like, oh, and with, with our brand on it, whatever, you know, yeah. whatever the brand is. So I think that's big, man, because it's so easy for a company to just throw money at something and say, hey, just, mm-hmm. here you go, just, let's uh, do a little dr- giveaway or something. Mm-hmm. And um, But it's more to it. Like you said, um, talking to the kids, you know, getting them open, you know, having different activities for them and, and things like that. It's more than just, oh, because I've been in you know, like a uh, Christmas giveaway. Like, yeah, yeah. Here you go, toy. It's like, all right, cool. I'm happy, but... <laughs> That's that's momentarily, you know, like really you're not really, with you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's like it's like you're not really making an impact on the kids other than helping some kids who may not get stuff for Christmas. Yeah, you know what I mean. And it's like it's more to it than just giving. You know, mm-hmm. uh, monetary. I should say it's more yeah. to it than just giving monetary. It's like you want to give time. You want to give um, uh, just different, like you know, life lessons, uh, um, different things to these kids, man, because they definitely need it and. Um, yeah. I definitely uh, again commend you again for that, and and um, I know you're gonna get to where you where you say you're gonna be, yeah. man, for sure. For sure. So we'll we'll see, be looking out for you, and we'll you know we you. we definitely gonna give our helping hand to anything you got going on, man. And we oh, definitely want to get back. I I feel I feel in a space now where I can talk to kids. Yeah. Um, like I was saying earlier, like I was scared to talk to my nieces and nephews, but now I'm I'm in a much better space. Um, so definitely, I definitely want to help. Because I feel like my story can relate to some kids who may be going through that, like who are Absolutely. actually going through that. And I see it a lot. I see a lot of kids going through the same thing. And it's it's tough, man, being being a kid and going through that stuff that yeah. where everybody is just talking about you. You know yeah. what I mean? Because you might not have the latest J's or, you know, this or whatever. Like, that's tough, man. I have the two for 89. <laughs> yeah, man. I know exactly what you're talking about. I remember the first time my mom spent... Um, over a hundred dollars on a pair of shoes for me. I think I graduated eighth grade. Mm-hmm. She bought me my first pair of Jordans. I was the happiest kid in the world. But I, before that, it would have one shoe, one pair of shoes for the whole school year. To do everything. To do everything. And we not spending more than sixty dollars. Sixty dollars was your limit. And I get it. And shout out to moms, man. We, you know, it's five of us. Yeah. Like you know, what I'm saying. So it wasn't like. And money didn't grow on trees, you know what I'm saying? But she did the best she could do, and shout out to Mars, man. Love you. He raised the cheapo. <laughs> y'all was just telling your mom yesterday, your mom really does a lot of pretending when it comes to you, okay? She act like Dylan is not who he is. We talking about how cheap Dylan is, the ladies went to brunch, and he's like, she's like, no, I don't remember him being like that. I'm like, Dylan's so cheap, bruh. The neighbor, we used, um, he used the neighbor, always lets us use his lawnmower and the edger so that we can get the lawn right. As you see, we need a little touch-up. So, it was out of gas one day. This nigga Dylan gonna say, oh, it's out of gas. I need to get some. He said, but I ain't got no gas can. I'm a, and the, he's gone. The neighbor's like, he's like, I'm gonna wait till he come back so I can borrow his gas can to go get some gas. I said, if you don't go buy a fucking <laughs> gas can, he's about, it's gonna be expensive. I said, it's like $20. He said, exactly. I said, bro, you had lost your damn mind. Hey. You, you spent more money at the bar. <laughs> Yeah, you gotta see. That's the thing about pick and choose, but the complexities. (laughs) (laughs) See, when you budget is, you gotta make sure. See, she don't do the budget. I do the budget. So when you you budget budget twenty dollars, no, it wasn't in the budget. It wasn't in the budget. I don't like. I don't like things that that aren't. I like to be prepared for things. (laughs) If it's out, like I hate like. 
like stuff that comes up. You know, you'll get around it, you'll work around it, whatever. But it wasn't in the budget. So. No, you already <laughs> you borrowed a man's lawnmower and edger. You can't just now. Go I was gonna put my own and, gas and in the it. blower. I know, but you couldn't go and get a gas. <laughs> Are you serious? Man got something to do all day. He ain't gonna do it because he can't. He don't have a gas. And he let about two hours go by where he like, dang, he's still not back. Like I said, if you don't go to the gas station, you about to make me mad. Whatever, man. I get to the bullshit. Get off me. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. We saved money. that shit. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> all right, y'all. So speaking of giving back, I'll keep in line. All right. Um, <laughs> What's on the bullshit list? <laughs> I'm gonna keep it. I'm gonna keep it kind of clean. <laughs> uh, it's a guy. Uh, these are gonna be black excellence. All right. Um, I don't know if you guys know who Milan Christopher was. I'm not sure if he's still on there, but I know he had a brief stint on Love and uh-huh. Hip Hop. Not okay. Um, whatever. I won't say anything bad about that. Oh, that's to do with the wigs. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> he yeah, he got Lego hair. Yeah, um, I, I saw him. He had, like, bro, I'm going to show you the pictures, too. He, I seen him. I don't know if these were all his Coachella looks, but he had one where he had, like, um, oh, he had, like, waves, like the wave one. Mm-hmm. But you can tell it was thick. I don't know if you've seen that wave, that, like, weave installation wave <laughs> yeah. one on Instagram. He had that one. Then the next day, he had the dread top. Then he had the um the Miguel like with the oh, I said right. oh bruh, he has the installments on his head though he got his little weed install popping. <laughs> oh, I don't see why he's not the women do it. That's what I'm saying. Every day he's changing up. He says you can change him on the upstage me. Somebody gotta do it. Yeah, somebody. somebody so, uh, out there. so this guy, shout out to him. Um, he created <laughs> the first ever black openly gay superhero comic um called uh Ragnaron. So, um, That's Ragnarok. support. Yes, Ragnarok. That's tough. Ragnarok. Were you looking for more of like a, uh, yeah. Were you thinking the name was going to be sweeter? He's looking like he's confused by the name. I am confused by the name because it's, it's, it's out of the ordinary. What do you mean by sweeter? That's a loaded word. I, yeah. Yeah, that's why I'm going to stop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know. I, Cause I know the last story was what Ragnarok. That's what it was yeah, like. I guess that's what it's kind of like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. sound like that. No, this is Ragnaron. Okay. Um, Ragnaron. All right. Well, y'all think his pose is gonna be? Oh, uh, now that's gonna be. Well, that dude. Um, it was a dude. I forget his name, but he was the. Uh, he's um, who was making the movie? Uh, what's the dude that make uh, Empire? Lee Daniels. You know, so it was John a dude, Singleton had a hand in that too. It was a dude um, who just started making videos on Instagram maybe like some months ago. And no he had on like these high heel boots. Oh. And he was doing flips and shit. And he was supposed to be like the oh, first. I saw that. Yeah, but they were supposedly, I heard, I read a story like some months ago that <laughs> they were creating a movie for him to be the first gay black superhero. I don't know if that's his name, Ragnarok. I don't know. I don't know. Why, why does he have the boots on? Shout out to... He had on boots. Also, I want to get They just boots. Yeah, he had on boots. He had on high heel boots. He, hey, he, he was doing flips in the motherfuckers. So shout out... Uh, is it Tiki Barber? Yeah. I want to give a big shout out to my man Tiki Barber for playing the new Kinky Boots. Oh, yeah. oh man! The man, yo, not everybody can pull off um, yeah. patent leather yes. red uh, red thigh highs oh, like no, you, hey, Mr. Barber. That was that was sick. Now nah, he did that. <laughs> Shout out to Kinky I Boots. That was a long time ago. You gotta look it up. Oh, let me show you. I got it. What was the other one? Hold on. Yeah, I seen that. I said, Jesus Christ. I already got you. I already got you. 
That's the same post that Super Bowl got yeah, on. He went, uh, he went to, I think, Good Morning America like this. Wow, that's different. <laughs> he got the football. <laughs> now, is he straight or is he gay? Ziggy Barker, he's straight. He's straight. Why he got to be gay? I just like asked a question. Now, I thought one of them was gay. I thought one of the twins, you know, they twins. I thought one of them was gay. I don't know. They just not for me. I wouldn't wear them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't go with my personal yeah, style. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, no, I, I don't, I don't really think I have any jeans that don't match with that. No, I feel the lace up. <laughs> All right, y'all, let's get <laughs> All right, let's get this. There's a teacher, and this one you guys are going to like. Teacher in Macon, Georgia. Um, his name on the internet is Major Jones. That's what that's all I can get out of it. Major Bang? But, um, he cut a child's hair. Um, some people might find that to be offensive mm. if you're crazy. But what he did, so he said, um, as a student, he said, I have a hard enough time getting, you know, young black men to take their hoods off in class. You know, it's always a, a back and forth about it. He said, in this particular kid, he's asking him to take your hood off. He said, I pulled him aside, actually. I didn't even want to do it for He said, I asked him to take his hood off. He refused. He said, so I pulled him aside, had a conversation with him, like, what's going on? He like, if I take my hood off, they're going to make fun. They're going to talk about me. They're going to laugh at me. My hair, I can't, I don't got no money to get my hair cut. Mm-hmm. So he told him, all right, I'll bring, he let me keep his hood on. I, I'm, I'm, now this part I'm just making up. <laughs> I assume he let him keep his hood on. Yeah, yeah. But um, he told me he would cut his hair. So he did. He got his tools and he has a, there are visuals of him giving this young man a haircut. So shout out to you, Major Jones. Yeah, Major Jones. Clip him up. He, Did he give him he that major pain touch? Did he give him that major pain touch? I don't know. If he, what if he would have just cut him off because he didn't know what he was doing? That'd be fucked up too. But right, it, hey, it. help is help. <laughs> um, also, <laughs> Sabrina. <laughs> that is true though. Yeah, yeah, he left him up. What if his hairline got messed up? You don't know. But he tried. That's the point. Is the fact that he wanted to help. Sabrina Fulton, um, if you guys are not aware who she is, this is Trayvon Martin's mother, okay? Uh, she does an annual mm. women, what is it called? Circle of Mothers. So her annual retreat um, just passed, and um, it's still going strong. And it's a retreat for um, mothers of children who died from gun violence. Um, right. So black excellence. Um, shout out to all of them. And then I just got a little bit of bullshit. Um, Diana Ross. She felt that she was accosted. Not the, not the great Diana Ross. The great Diana That's Ross. This, this goes into... <laughs> I'm pretty surprised when celebrities are just her, okay? <laughs> you want to be treated like a regular person, but then you're treated like a regular person, and it's such an outrage. Oh, I don't even understand right. what happened that was so out of line for her. That's but what she said. I've had... I want to be treated like a regular person. But when she was... Who are you all like it? So... This was just, these are her tweets in this order. Okay, so on one hand, I'm treated like royalty. <laughs> I'm treated like royalty in New Orleans. Okay. And at the airport, I was treated like shit. And by shit, she means like one of us. This <laughs> <laughs> what she said is, let me be clear, not the people or Delta, but TSA was over the top. Makes me want to cry. I think she's even crying because she was stopped by TSA. It's insane, okay? <laughs> it's not what was done. <laughs> what are you mad about? She said, but how I am feeling violated. I still feel her hands between my... Oh, this time she was right. This is so extreme. I still feel her hands between my legs, front and back, saying to me that it's saying to me it's her job. Wow. Really mixed emotions. I always like to see the good things, but not feeling good right now. Listen, Miss Ross. I have personally been done by, like this by TSA, and I, I did not feel the need to put on the internet that I was treated like shit. So you weren't accosted by TSA? No, they definitely... And they <laughs> ask you if you want to do this. She was probably like, put me in the room. 
But they, they'll ask you, do you okay if they check you? You mind if I... <laughs> she did, she might sit in the room. Nobody even saw this happen, so shut up. We don't know. <laughs> but they'll ask me, and I'm extra too. They're like, oh, um, you want me to do the room right here? Right here so people can see what you're doing to me. That's what I say every time. I want people to see how you search me, okay? <laughs> so write the fuck... Remember, I got so mad. Yeah. I got a little ignorant with one guy. But, um... I mean, it's not the best experience, but this is a common thing. So don't complain about being treated like royalty and then being treated like a person. It's common. People go through this every day, B. And the fact that you travel all the time and haven't had this experience, count yourself as blessed, okay? <laughs> I think, well, as a celebrity, you want to be treated as a celebrity, but at the same time, you want to be treated as a regular person. But She was a threat to our national no, security. I don't think there's no way to get both. Like, I mean, there's no way to have it both ways. Like, you have to just take it as it is. Like, if you want to be treated as royalty, okay. But sometimes you want to just be a regular person. Like, you don't want me to come up to you and say, hey, Dana Ross can have a picture. But at the no, same time. No, she does. You need to acknowledge Ms. Ross. Oh, well. I'll take Ms. a picture. Ms. Ross is a diva, but, she, but I love her. Let me but tell you, she's I get a it, but, She's a great lady. She's a But I think leader. celebrities at some point, they just. Some points they just want to feel like regular people. Yeah. But sometimes they want to be celebrities. Like I get a lot of like I hear a lot of times like when I listen to like some podcasts, they'll have celebrities on and they'll ask them about like something that that happened like in I guess I don't know what to call it celebrity news. I would mm-hmm. is that I guess that's mm-hmm. what they call. It. But they will ask them about something and then they'll be like. Oh, no, I never heard of that. What is that? Like, motherfucker, stop lying. You know exactly what the fuck they talking about. You had seen that story. That shit was all over social media. Don't act like you didn't know. And you just don't be on social media. Like, I be hating when, like, people do that shit. Like, they want to keep this mystique of them, like, that they they live these lives that they're yeah. just in a bubble. Exactly. It's just, like, <laughs> I, I, I personally haven't seen this, so I don't know. But I did have a friend that just told me recently. I don't know which one it is. I think it's Kendall. Kendall Jenner, one of the Kardashians. But she, um, people were so up and out. I don't even know why people are up in arms about things that are so stupid. Like, it, the level of not giving a fuck that I have is so extreme. So when people come in with shit like this, I'm just like, for real, you wasted my time with that conversation. But this one was funny. <laughs> she was saying, um... <laughs> that is true. I hate when people, <laughs> yeah. I hate when people bring something like, to me. Right, and as a friend, I think that you would value my time. <laughs> <laughs> sure. But she was saying, um... It's all over the social media that I'm not, I don't know how long ago it was, but that she was saying, Kendall Jenner said that she had never had cereal. <laughs> and then, so then, then, you know, the internet, <laughs> the internet went back and they found That's a video crazy. of her on Keeping Up the Kardashians where she was eating a bowl of cereal. <laughs> and she was saying, like, oh no, I said, I hadn't, I've only eaten cereal dry, I've never had it wet. I was like, I don't even know what the fuck that means, but that's so stupid to even lie about. Like, I've never experienced cereal. Like, people that say anything now, it's so crazy. Mm-hmm. Like, cereal is like a poor man's meal. <laughs> like, I've never experienced cereal. Like, that's what he was talking about with Nip. Like, he was just really thoughtful about exactly. what he said. Exactly. Like, and maybe we should have been more thoughtful with that. Yeah. Anyway. I'm trying um, to learn. I'm trying to learn how to just slow down. Mm. And like, kind of think it out, but a lot of times I just say the first thing that comes to mind. Yeah, which is my problem. A lot of my thoughts are, it's funny, but it's also like, oh, did you just say that? I'm like, oh, sh-. I'm like, did I go too far? All right, my, All right, my last one, my last one, my last one. D'Angelo Russell. He was oh, stopped at the man. airport for stashing marijuana in an Arizona iced tea can. Let me tell you, clever. Fucking clever. Smart. No, it's not. No. Why, why you know why how stupid that is? Oh, obviously I've never Go tried. Go ahead. You tell you. It's, it's like density scanners. So if you put it in something, that's going to make them look at it. Yeah. Oh. If, if you just have it in your bag, not that I am familiar. 
Okay, well, D'Angelo, yeah. but, but you'll, you'll be fine. You, yeah. don't, you, right, you, no. you can you can put it no, in the bag. About, no. I am this how this how <laughs> and this how stupid he is. This how stupid he is. Shout out to D'Angelo Russell. D'Angelo Russell and I are both idiots because we both this thought how, it was clear no. clearly. No, first <laughs> of all, you can't take liquids on the plane. So why would you put contraband in contraband? Why would you put contraband in contraband? You can't take liquid on the plane. Why did you put in a fucking Arizona can? You can't. They made you pour out your hair grease or whatever that shit was. Why would you put a whole big Arizona can in your bag? Like you can't take. You put contraband inside of contraband. Nigga, you was you was you was bound to fail. My mother in idiocracy. Neither one of us were meant to survive the movie. Okay, so. Now, let me say, this is also funny to me. It's like, first off, he don't even have no soldiers around him because somebody else should have been holding that bag. <laughs> he should have never had to take that fall. Where are your peoples at? Huh? And one thing that goes to show peoples? you, too. They what? not shit. No. Uh, also. One thing that goes to show you, too. That's how bad, that's how terrible the weed is in New York. No, no, not no, no, no. This is how terrible the weed is in Louisville. He was traveling to Louisville. No, they said he was going from Louisville to New York. No, he got stopped no, in LaGuardia. they said he was going to Louisville. Oh, so he's going right. to his home well, somebody got town, trash weed. and nobody had to do shit for you. You yeah. had to bring some shit. Now, I heard the, the weed in New York is trash. So it's like, you have to, to this trash shit, you got to take out there because the weed out there is even more trash. Now, that's crazy. That is terrible. Yeah, that's crazy. Like, that, that is terrible. Shout out to you, man. You ain't got no good connects out there. Again, where are your peoples? Yeah. They are fucking you up on all kinds of ends of the spectrum, okay? Yeah. Nah, nah, you gotta, we got to do better. We no, got to do better. The whole 360 of this is stupid. Yeah. Nah, <laughs> like, there's not better. a one, one good angle in here, that's okay. Nice. And the fact nice. that this was it was thought out. You, it's not even some shit that he just did. He probably really thought that out. That's what pissed me off. He was like, "This Arizona can, perfect." <laughs> you got the wrong advice. Oh my that's god! Nice. I wonder if he was holding while he was going through. <laughs> <laughs> what an idiot! Are and none of your friends took the rap. This is that is all your BS I did have one more, but I don't even know if we should nah, say nah, we if I should it. say this. I got one. We're gonna get up out of here because we've been going at it for a while. I know you got I know you got shit to do. Um wait, I got no, wait, one. Wait, let me do this one actually. Is it oh. it's good. It's good. Um Nipsey Hussle's memorial has allegedly, I don't know if this is true. We're gonna go by that area so we can check it out, has mm-hmm. been removed due to people looking to cash in. Mm-hmm. So they're saying people were there trying to sell shirts with his face on it, which we mm-hmm. we knew this was gonna happen. Right. Um and now one one <laughs> Clever entrepreneur has decided to start doing hood tours. I think oh called, man, that's uh, hey, that was clever. That was good. Yeah, that, that I mean, you know, I can see why people be upset, but also, also, I also admire somebody's forward thinking in this. Um, I need to find now. That. When they said they they did take down a memorial, when they said they took down a memorial, not the 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 mural. They just took the, the candles. They, they, oh, they took the, the candles. Yeah, they they took all the candles and stuff away. Um, so I drove by it that day. Actually, they are. Yeah, there. yeah. They took. Yeah, they took the candles and stuff down. Dang, I wish I could actually find the clip of it. Um, I saw. I saw the guys, I could find the name of his tour, so people can actually. Support but it's basically it. like I mean, TMZ. Like people pay to take a TMZ That's what I'm saying. Tour, Nobody has like a problem with anyone else with it. Now, I, now, now, if he's doing shit like, oh, here's the name of it. It's called LA Hood Life Tours. That's bad. <laughs> yeah. Now, yeah. now, if he's doing shit like, like he's about to spot and being like, this is where Nipsey Hussle was murdered, that's kind of extreme. That's too far. But yeah. if he's saying, like, this is where the legend was brought up, this is what he did for the community, if you're showing stuff like that, I really don't um, see the harm in that. Um, yeah, I want to take that tour just to see where he goes and what he shows people. I hope, I'll be, I hope I'm interested show- to see where, where that tour goes through mm-hmm. and everything. Um,. I got one question for y'all um, before we get up out of here. How many, 
How do y'all feel about like getting like bad customer service? I don't like it. It really pisses me off. And you know I'm pretty vocal about it. I think bad customer service is probably why I don't like shopping. So I don't, I'd rather do online shopping. Then they're like going to the store. Yeah. Yeah, Um, yeah. I'm not a fan of it. Cause so I had to. I still um, try to support the store so people can keep a job. Come on, y'all. We got to help people keep money. No wonder they they can afford to raise minimum wage because they go ahead and like working in that motherfucker. So I had to. Um, <laughs> you can afford to feed, uh, uh, pay ten people. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> yesterday was it yesterday or Friday? Friday, um, I was calling. Uh, we have a spectrum for the internet, mm-hmm. and some for some reason the bill went up like twenty five bucks. I'm like, what the Don't fuck is this? So cheap. I call. He know this thing is twenty So I call him like, "Hey, what's going on?" So the girl like, "Oh yeah, that was that rate was only for twelve months." And I'm like, "Nah, y'all got me fucked up. Like, y'all gonna keep me at the same rate?" So I'm talking to the girl, but I say this girl is rude as fuck. She don't care about nothing. Mm-hmm. She like, "You want to cancel? Like, mm-hmm. I'll send you the cancellation right now." I'm like, "Damn, like, Trust you ain't gonna try to help me or nothing." She like, "Nope." This is what it is. This, this she like all the information. You, she like look at your statement. I said, lady, it's two thousand nineteen. Ain't nobody getting no bills no more. Mm-hmm. If y'all tell me the price is forty nine ninety nine, that's what I pay. I don't need to. When I come online, I'm not looking at a statement. Mm-hmm. She like, well, you need to look at your. I hate so when they I say, answer, did you read the contract? So Bitch, the, nobody reads that long ass contract. <laughs> so so now I'm hot. I'm like, you know what? Get your. Let me talk to your manager. Yeah. She's like, okay, I'm gonna get my manager. I said, all right. Before you you get your manager, what's your name? And I, I forgot what she said her name. I'm like, all right, hey, what's your agent ID? She gave me everything. And I said, let me ask. I said, before I, before I complain to you, yeah. where are you from? Yeah. She's like, oh, I, I'm from New York. Never mind. You know what? You good with me. I said, <laughs> I, 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 said, I, I, said I, that's how y'all, I said, yeah, I said, y'all got it out of this. I yeah. said, now I ain't even mad no more. Yeah. I said, now you say you're from New York, you good with me. Yeah. We straight. I ain't going to complain on you. I'll take that disrespect <laughs> yeah, I'll, take, I'll take that disrespect. <laughs> And Actually, that, she was being kind. <laughs> that was the kindest she could have been to you. <laughs> um, yeah, but we about to get up out of here, man. Thank you, uh, chicks, for coming on, man. Um, if you want the people to find you, wait a minute before, before we go. Whose man's is this, though? Oh man, they got him. What you want me to say about this? <laughs> Whose man's is this? <laughs> <laughs> the lady's gonna be hitting me up like he's spoken for. <laughs> I don't know, is he spoken for? Nah, I'm single. Hey, all right, y'all, shoot we your shot. That's all we're looking for. Shoot your shot. That's funny. But <laughs> come with some intelligence. You guys can see that this man isn't playing around. Yeah, man, you he doing this thing in the community. Don't send him the twerk videos, so. or maybe, maybe, maybe he might like that too. I don't know. Common got songs about having a conscious mind and still liking. Yeah, see, I'm saying yeah. It's the complexity. Huh? That's the name of this oh, episode. Yeah. We already like got water it. for chocolate. <laughs> come on, huh? Like water for chocolate. Let's go, baby. We 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 wobble gobble gobble do the turkey. Hey, yeah, come the, through. Uh, let the <laughs> people know where they can find you. So if they wanna, if they do wanna, um, if they do wanna support and um and help with your efforts in and um bringing our community back to uh graces again, um let them know where they can find you. Um, you know, any email or anything. Yeah, no, if I mean, you want to be found. Yeah, no, I appreciate that. Uh, Twitter or Instagram is both chicks five six two. And then uh, my email is chicks at supportthehomies.com. And yes, the sir. email is for the explicit content you want to send. Okay? Send so it works. through the email. It's my oh, yeah, I, I own it. It's cool. <laughs> <laughs> you hear that? Open it's invitation. Personal, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, more of the story today, man. Do more for your peoples, man. Do more for your community. Do more for yourself. Um, it feels good. It feels great. 
it might great. take 10 years off your life to say it. And remember health. Health is wealth, y'all. Take health care of yourself. Embrace, care your, your embrace your past. While we man, chasing we all... the dollar, chase, uh, chase another day. For real. Yeah, we all chase been through. Promise. We all been through stuff, man. It's all right, man. We we You got to go through it to get through it. If that's how they say it. Or get through it to go through it. However you say it. Y'all know what the hell I'm saying. Mm-hmm. And on that note, uh, we out of here. Not Relationship Goals Podcast. Peace. Yo.